listening to The Cube Cast. Sage Cubecast. We're here Woo! with Mark Selby. He's in uh, St. Lazar. A quick little intro to Mark Selby. What can you say about my Mark? Everyone knows him. That's 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 your intro. I mean, yeah. Legend. We got him on the show. Yeah. So <laughs> tune in, everyone, because this is gonna. It's gonna be a part two, three, four, five, and six, because there's <laughs> not enough time to talk with Mark. Yeah, no, I I think it'll be uh, you'll be a recurring uh, guest here, Mark. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Awesome. We haven't even finished filming this, and I talk a lot. A a recurring guest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I guess we'll just get right into this. And um, I mean, do you want to give us like kind of your parkour career, your history, and like basically in a nutshell here? Um, well, as a kid, I didn't feel like there was any other options, uh, <laughs> there was zero possibility at competing at being normal, uh, cause yeah. everyone else was going to beat me at that. So if I competed at being different, I had a chance. Um, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I don't know. I was always that different kid who was climbing and jumping and stuff. So, um, finding a way to uh, pursue that as a career seemed to be the really obvious thing to do, especially uh, considering parkour was so young and it uh, had so many opportunities. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's what I did. I mean, I, I know a lot of this information myself, obviously, but uh, Hi. Why would how, you know that? How, how old were you when uh, you actually started? And what, what, what did you do before you called it parkour? <laughs> Street stunts. That's right. Well, because I, I, had, I had seen clips and whatever of people doing parkour, I guess in hindsight, it would have been Yamakaze and stuff. And I remember the first memories I have of parkour was actually mine and Tom's older brother, Ken, talking about guys jumping between buildings. He was like, yeah, there's these French right. guys who jump between buildings. And we were like driving downtown. I guess dad was driving. And I think we were in the Cavalier and we we're in downtown Winnipeg, leaving St. Boniface. And Ken was talking about French guys jumping between buildings. Huh. And uh, and I, I remember like he, we didn't, I didn't know the word parkour, but in my head I was like, oh okay, that is an option. I can jump between buildings. So right. that was <laughs> yeah. even though parkour wasn't really a thing yet uh, in 2003, I was already like climbing on everything and jumping off everything and treating it as something that's actually like a practicable uh, I don't know art form or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I always remember like you would go out, you know, climbing stuff and. Uh... Then eventually it was like, oh, yeah, it's actually called parkour. Actually, like, no, it's funny. That actually is, has a name. <laughs> Some kids at St. Patel Skateboard Park told me what it was called. No way. Really? I was out doing it. And they were like, oh, actually, you know what's funny? I, I think, I don't know if they used the word parkour or if they used the word free running, but it wouldn't make sense that they used the word free running because I don't think that word came out until 2004. No. Or they said, they said, are you doing parkour or whatever? And I was like, uh, yeah, I guess I'm doing this stuff. But yeah. <laughs> just doing handstands on soccer posts. and It was literally just <laughs> a handstand and cat pass through your hands off everything you could find. One of my favorite moves to this it's day. The best one. Yeah. It's the best one. Um, well, that's an intro for me to you to parkour. When I was at... Um, the old uh, Winnipeg Gymnastics Club, 
and we were, I think it was still Tuesday nights there. And I went to go to this gym to do handstands. I think I went like four weeks just doing handstands, like nothing else, not progressing, just doing <laughs> handstands. And I well, think it's awesome. Well, and then you came back from like um, Lesbian, is that right? Where, where did you? Yeah, back it's from? probably from probably from Portugal. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, I see you do this stunt. I'm like, I want to do that. You know, I was like, wow, how does handstands transfer to that? You know, and That's hilarious. Here it is, and you know, it's just been an awesome ride since. But like, to even know, like, finding a, a gold mine for me in a little gymnastics gym. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's in um, really intimidating. But uh, getting over those those little growth spurts is just there's nothing that empowers you more than that. Yeah, for sure. Need, you don't need a team. Like you need people no. to encourage you, but you just need yeah. this and your toes and you know to make that body. Well, it's funny you say that you don't need a team because I feel like anytime we ever did start a team, it was to try and appeal to the mainstream and try and appeal to people who didn't really understand what it was that we were doing. Um, and make it more marketable. But for us, we we always knew what we were doing. We were out having fun hitting these streets, you know? People didn't really get that. So no, that's I almost agree. something I think we could have maybe learned more from skate culture early on, but I don't know. We paved our own way. Agreed. Yeah. So um, I guess when you're starting street stunts, I mean, kind of talked about, <laughs> about this, but... but uh, what, no, Tom, what it's so early it? in my life. Like, literally, that's more than half of my life ago. Like, way yeah. more than half of my life ago. So, like, remembering an accurate depiction of how I started parkour is really, like, I'm almost like, right. it's a game of telephone I've been playing with myself since I was a kid. So, I don't really know the history. I just know, like, approximate dates. What do you think about, like, parkour was, though? Or, yeah. What about parkour do you think it was that drew you in to it? Like, was it just the fact that it wasn't a team activity or did you always just, I mean, kind of want to be like a ninja? <laughs> um, well, I don't know if you, like, I'm sure you remember Tom when I was a kid, like it, like I'd practice break dancing with Quentin Saka and, and me and Ricky would skateboard all the time and, and me and Quentin would skateboard all the time. And it was always, it was always um, pursuing those individual kind of sports. Yeah. And then when I would be on a team sport, it like just wouldn't work out. It was never really my my cup of tea. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think like any of those could have ended up being my thing. Um, but I, I think the reason parkour stuck as my thing, and, and even now people will go, oh, which one do you prefer? Snowboarding, rock climbing, parkour? The reason parkour is my foundational thing um, is because it's it's like more of an idea. And it's the right. center, it's the logic, it's the buildup for everything else that I do. It's the center of everything that I do. So it's, I, I couldn't really ever love anything as much as I love parkour, but I, I really do enjoy snowboarding. I do enjoy rock climbing. Um, but yeah, parkour is the center of everything I do. So when I was a little kid, it didn't find, it's not like I got into parkour. I found out what it was called, you know, right. like that's kind of how it felt. I was, I was yeah. always learning how to climb, always learning how to kick. And I wanted to use my body to be able to do absolutely anything. So um, parkour was just like a whole, oh, look at this. That's what it's called. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess that the, especially before, I mean, when we started like the philosophy of it all was, uh, drilled into you a little bit more. 
yeah be in that mindset and so it's just easy to carry over hey into like all aspects can you read that <laughs> out for people that uh, are listening mark it says uh, That's being strong for being useful that's, that's uh, like some part of the part history of right there. Yeah, I, I use that in my life. Um, when I'm when I'm at my day job and uh, I don't think I can do a particular thing. Deep down in my thoughts, it's like, be strong to be useful. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you can do this, Christy. You know what I mean? You do parkour, you can do this, you know, like, yeah, so I use it every day. <laughs> It's cool. Like, um, I like that you and Tom and everyone I train with, we're all kind of really good generalists where we're kind of good at everything. Um, I know a lot of people who are specialists in one area and it's like, they are a parkour master. They just don't realize how to apply it to everything else. They're a parkour master of one thing. Um, it's like parkour gave me the ultimate system for understanding how to develop skills and how to, how to acquire new skills. Um, if you look at everything as a parkour athlete, you can really get some crazy skill acquisition. So, um, just looking at clips of myself snowboarding three months ago and then clips of me snowboarding now, it's not fair. It's like, I'm, I'm three years better at least in three months. Like, like if you had to give it a, a time, like, yeah, it's not fair how good I'm getting this fast. I love it. Um, yeah, it's just the attention that you put on it, right? Like, yeah, man. especially where you are. Like, let's talk about van life. Like, okay, <laughs> Mark is in St. Lazar, Manitoba, between uh, the Manitoba border and the Saskatchewan border. And just living there since, uh, what, maybe Mark? No. Has it been? It hasn't been a year yet, right? Yeah, it's almost. Um, no, not quite. I, I actually, this time last year, I was in Sherwood Forest, um, right. developing still. So I went out to the bush and I was, uh, rock climbing and, uh, I, I did a little bit of snowboarding out there, like maybe two sessions, but it just really wasn't working out, uh, with the weather that we had last year. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So Mark's up in, uh, St. Lazar. He's snowboarding down his own property there and he has a, uh, what type of, uh, camper? How long? I said an RV. I have a 30 foot RV from 1985 that I rebuilt and restored. And uh, a bunch of scaffolding and, and holds. And it just looks like your adult amusement park <laughs> overnight, like lodging. It's really awesome. It's super cool. So, if anyone uh, uh, watching can see that Mark has a Jungle Jam t shirt. Here's my Jungle Jam t-shirt. I'm going to put it on right now. But uh, this was a, a thing that uh, Mark threw down last year. Tell us about it, Mark. Um, yeah, so, well, like I said, last year I was in Sherwood Forest and uh, putting out more rock climbs. That's something that I like to do as well as uh, developing rock climbing. So we're out there putting up some climbing. And, uh, and then, yeah, we wanted to do a parkour festival. COVID was kind of just kicking off and going kind of crazy. So we went out to Lazar here and we, we made a limit of 50 people just because of COVID. And we had, yeah, we, we had 50 people out, people from Lazar, people from Saskatoon, old parkour guys from there, parkour guys from Winnipeg. It was a, it was a really good time. Christy was out. You had a great time, right? It was so fun. Fuck yeah. So fun. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. Oh, you sorry. can. Yeah, fine. Um, I pushed <laughs> okay, myself cool. uh, at Jungle oh, Jam too. It was really neat. Um, the local kids came over um, late at night yet, um, jumping down from I don't know how many feet of scaff into a uh, foam pit and yeah. 
going back up and jumping back down, going yeah. back up. And they continued that for another two months after that, by the way. Like, so. it was, like, what you can bring to the community is just oh. amazing. It's just, I feel that parkour needs a boom, you know, like how skateboarding got its boom, how, like, uh, other uh, sports got their boom. I think that people are just scared or companies are just scared of the liability factor. But if it's just like taking slap shots too, like someone's going to stand in net like with a hundred mile an hour puck. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, I don't want to do that. But like, I'll try to do this huge roof graph. That'd be cool. Like, it comes down to society's values, right? Like if people were all of a sudden dropping like flies in hockey, I think Canada would still go, no, nope, we still got to play. You know, we got to put those pucks in the net. We got to <laughs> raise that stick and we got to get across the ice and not go overside and all that. Like they, they would really care about it. Eh? And, and their, their cup would still really matter and their medals would matter. But because they don't value parkour, they won't make any risks over that for sure. It's always going to be a, a personal uh, risk. We just got to do parkour with uh, with hockey equipment on. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> just be geared up. Crossing sports, man. That's how you invent ideas. Use a new stick ideas. to help us. <laughs> uh, no. I don't know what that would look like. So with uh, Jungle Jam, what do you uh, see for the future of it? Um. So right now I'm trying to slowly transition it into a snowboarding festival. Just kidding. <laughs> um, Good one. No, um, just missed the season. <laughs> um, so my goal with jungle jam is basically to just, um, we have this format where it can keep growing and growing and growing. So, um, we have, we have ideas this year. Are we going to go in with a huge rental budget? Um, we might try and get some grants and do a huge rental budget for scaffolding. Um, but the other idea is instead of renting every year, just to keep buying more and more and more and just adding to our, our pile as we go on. Nice. I also want to building, um, concrete forms and little mini concrete patches on our property in different spots that have, um, cemented in, uh, uh, scaffolding bays. So that way they're like our solid foundation to build off of. And then you can kind of build the parks into each other. So like the goal is to have like a wood park, have a concrete park, have a bar park, and then eventually kind of every jungle jam will connect it all with scaffold and it's it's one big parkour festival people from, can come from all over and uh i guess the appeal to it and uh the thing that you know makes us unique is that uh we're gonna have these courses and uh and runs that go for so long you can't possibly match it anywhere with architecture so um lines that zigzag back and forth across our property where you could literally go until your hands rip and then keep going um you know I, I, I don't know. I'm a trail builder. I like to build long trails between rock climbs. I like to build trails to snowboard on. And for me, like building long parkour sequences, that's yeah. kind of the future that I'm heading down um, for Jungle Jam. So, yeah, I mean, I guess even if you add just a little bit, like a tiny little bit each year, even after a few <laughs> years, right? Yeah, that's the thing. So if I if I rent, then I can have exponential growth where I can show people right away, like what we're really capable of. So that's very tempting for me where I'm like, Hmm. I don't really want to wait. I'd rather show the world what it looks like when you have a hundred thousand dollars worth of scaffolding in one place. I kind of want to show people what that looks like is I can see it in my head already. So I kind of want to build it. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, if I don't spend all that money on renting scaffold and I just slowly buy it, we can have like a more long-term epic thing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think kind of a gray area would be good where we, we do buy a little bit each year, but we also rent as well. Cause I, again, I really want to mm -hmm. show people, we 
can do, what we're capable of. I see a lot of amazing bar guys in the world, uh, especially Germans and stuff where I'm like, Oh, if you guys came to my festival, you'd have so much fun. They just don't know it's a thing. And I'm like, I have to build it, make one or two viral clips with really good athletes. And then like, okay, this is what we have. So. That sounds exciting. <laughs> I'll just like I, get I, some I like really corporate sponsors at some point. Yeah, exactly. We'll be right cat back to the podcast. But first I gotta tell you about a massage I had at Healing Wellness. I went in for a 90 minute massage with a splash of Reiki at Healing Wellness. And after that, I felt lighter than air. Healing Wellness is located at 677 Suite E, Stafford and Pembina. Phone number is 204-292-5021. Your second treatment is 15% off if you mention the Sage Cubicast. But get this, your first treatment for new clients is 40% off. So check it out. I did. I can't tell you enough about it. All right. Let's dive real back into the podcast. Just that had the technical difficulty there, so we... There's a cut? Mark, Mark changed locations. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Hi, guys. <laughs> I'm in my car now. Some people showed up and they wanted to do laundry. And I'm like... <laughs> sure. Yeah, I still get that Wi-Fi, right? Ah, there she is. How old is she? She's six. Nice. Good-looking dog. <laughs> What was that? She's 64 pounds. Oh, well. No cataracts, good ears, <laughs> healthy. <laughs> Yesterday she took her heartworm medication. That's what you oh, yeah. do as an owner. Yeah. Yeah. In good um, shape. All right. Let's talk about some history. Uh, I don't know where to start with this, but uh, I have a couple things I know about oh. you. Um, tell us about Saskatoon uh, T Modus. Oh, <laughs> kind of forget that existed. <laughs> I'll let you jump in on this one, Tom. Just kidding. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, me and Tom had to move to Saskatoon and we were like, really? Saskatoon? Yeah. <laughs> Both really into parkour and we yeah. didn't know what to expect. Um, but it ended up being a blessing in disguise because uh, I think it really changed our styles, made us better at like the flippy, jumpy, tricky stuff. So uh, we did a lot of that, and it also introduced us to some, to some great people. That That's a city where they really have a lot of drive to make things happen. So we met yeah. Neil and Aaron, and they were great. Um, Neil Greening and Aaron Erickson. Um, and Neil's a great graphic designer. He made us logos and all this stuff right off the hop. And uh, Aaron's super motivated about getting good programming, and he was a martial artist. So me and Tom got along really well with him. Yeah, they had gym. So well, we were yeah. like, they, they owned Modus Gym, which is, yeah. they wanted us to teach at. So that's kind of where Modus. It's like, you guys should do Modus Parkour. And we're like, yes. Yeah. So we did. Uh, so yeah, I was like, we kind of, Modus, Modus Parkour was piggybacking off of Modus Martial Arts, specifically yeah. Krav Maga and uh, like Commando Krav Maga and uh, Yoga. Yeah. They did yeah. Yoga and Commando Krav Maga. Two, two odd things, but if you kind of look at Commando Krav Maga, it's a very parkour of the martial arts world kind of thing. I think it's very efficient and it's it's very smart and it's military and it's it's kind of got that parkour esque aspect. Yeah. And then obviously being a really movement based um, sport or whatever you want to call it. 
uh, yeah, I think it was really suiting that they had parkour in there. And uh, yeah, so that's that's how we started uh, Modus. We we got together with those guys and uh, we started organizing jams in Saskatchewan. And uh, yeah, met a really good group of lads there. Believe it or not, one of our first yeah. classes at Modus was Tyler Harder. Actually, I think our first class at Modus was Tyler Harder. It, it um, was definitely one of the first ones for sure. Yeah, like pretty early on. Buddy Allen uh, Hewitt, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to say it was those two uh, showed up. But uh, yeah, um, and then Tyler's one of the greatest guys ever and a huge part of parkour history yeah. in Canada and in the world. So um, yeah. pretty epic to uh, have uh, met Tyler there and yeah, shout out. <laughs> yeah. How, long, how long were you at Modus, uh, Team Modus Parkour? Well, yeah, we were at Modus Gym living in Saskatoon for two years, like maybe just over two years. Nice. Um, Wait a minute. That was great. Yeah. yeah it's really hard to like move into a territory and actually make uh an impact on people i mean yeah when we first moved there hey there was like two dudes maybe that uh we met who did parkour and then there was like um, no no community tom two yeah. words love pirates is that what they were called <laughs> love pirates. that is isn't it are they still around love pirates yeah man yeah. They and those they... guys were really good. They were Ukrainian dancers, so they were super fit. Uh, these guys had like horrendously strong legs, and they had like huge plyos, and they would just do like big front flips and stuff. They were actually like pretty good. Yeah, it was. Uh, That's neat. Was it Andrew and, and Cam? Is that is that no, their name? Love Pirates weren't Andrew and Cam. Andrew and Cam trained with Love Pirates. <laughs> oh. But, uh, you oh yeah. Tyso a couple times like right. years later when they came back to to hang out and stuff right i completely forgot about that i kind of did too i i was sitting here like you'll uh you'll be able to watch my eyes going back and forth as i'm <laughs> half listening to you guys thinking of the word love pirates right before i went love pirates wow go back <laughs> and you can yeah. see my my working my so, finger yeah. happening there certainly wasn't any like uh like big group out there so no. We kind of had to like try to. I mean, fortunately, we came from Winnipeg that already had an established community, right? So we could kind of transplant that a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Well, is that when you were working at uh, Fantastics upstairs or after? Um, Fantastics was like a decade later. Oh, no, oh. like a long oh, time later. Oh, no, no, no. It was 2008, right? So. Uh, Fantastic was 2014 or something. 15. That's a. But oh. that's no, a legendary that had... room upstairs. When oh, what? Wait, I'm my timeline's all messed up. So we moved back in 2009. I graduated yeah. in 2010. We started yeah. at Fantastic in 2012 or 13, just like doing drop-ins, right. and then the, the parkour room wasn't a thing for two, three years still. Like, right, so, right, like, right, right, right. So, and then we built that parkour room upstairs. So that, I, what is that, that like 2015, 14? That makes sense. That makes sense because like, in even if you watch the earlier episodes, which everyone should, you'll hear that like Ben and uh, Tyrion started about six years ago. You know what, Tom? I just realized 2014, 15 was when I was doing Robin Hood. So uh, it had to have been 2012, 13 then. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Wait, 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 wait. hold up. Tell us about Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, that was weird. Well, it was weird just because. Um, <laughs> that was weird. Well, no, like the parkour room was a thing of the past, right? No, no, the parkour room. Sorry, the parkour room still existed. Yeah. Fantastic, but uh, I had more of my the, my students were coaching more, and I had the loft going on. So, me oh. and my roommates decided to open up the loft because we were paying twelve hundred dollars a month for rent at an apartment, and the loft was twelve fifty a month. Okay. So we're like fifty more was- bucks. The and we have a gym. ever. So I so I built that. I we'll bought the stuff that out. And then once the loft was all built, we had a logo, we had everything good to go. I get a call from a buddy in Ottawa from Nick Provost, shout out. And he's like, Hey, like I got an offer to do this this like play, this musical play kind of thing, and uh, I'm busy and I don't really want to do it. And like it kind of, he bounced it around between a couple other parkour guys and they're like, no way, man. Like eight shows a week. No way. Like, so all these people said no. And then I kind of said no. And I, I think I actually tried throwing it at Tom. Uh, cause I was just like, no, this is like, no, I just opened this loft place. I'm I've got shit going on. So then I, I told them, I said, uh, okay, well I'll come check out your guys play and see what it looks like came and watched and they had told me two actors broke their leg trying to do what I was supposed to do in this play. Uh, <laughs> so I, so I watched the play and I'm like, Oh, well, that's why you broke your leg. You guys are jumping off of 10 feet onto a thing and you don't know what you're doing. So after I was, after the play was over, I came down to check out the stage and they were like going to get like, you don't understand how things work in like big, huge productions. It's really weird. Like you have to have 10 people to get permission for something to think of things and they all have to talk to each other. And it's so much bureaucracy. It's insane. Um, so I knew that. So I know the whole thing of asking for forgiveness instead of permission. So instead of waiting for them to give me permission, I just climbed up and front flipped off in my jeans. And the director was like, well, that looked incredibly easy for you. And I like, landed between two like guys who were cleaning the stage. Like it was so like nothing. And I was like, that's the good thing where your guy broke his leg. I was like, oh, I was like, well, yeah, you should definitely have like a trained parkour athlete doing this not an actor. And then <laughs> at that point they were like, okay, like we need to have this guy on our thing or we need to have a parkour guy on our thing. Um, but yeah, then they wanted me to like go through all this crap, joining like actors unions and all this stuff. And I was like, guys, I'm not an actor. I'm just some parkour guy who's coming to save your show because you guys are help you guys save face. Cause you choreographed shit. You're not capable of doing. <laughs> so then yeah, they had me out and, uh, they paid, luckily paid for all that stuff, dealt with all that stuff and had me out to Toronto. And yeah, I got to do that. And looking back, it was like one of the most amazing epic experiences in my life. Oh. Uh, like it was, so me and one other guy were like the evil henchman who had to kill Robin Hood. And it was, it was Troy Feldman, the Canadian B-boy champion at one point. So he's like a total movement badass. Um, and me and Troy just got to kind of like re-choreograph aspects of the play and like go into the movement stuff and really go crazy. And um yeah that that was epic there's a lot of work eight shows a week is very tiring it like took up my whole life for that period of time that i was there but i made a lot of money and had a lot of good experiences from it so yeah we're actually in the uh, previous episode when we were talking to jesse about stunt work we're saying how much of a sacrifice it actually is because Mm -hmm. that's kind of all you're doing like you're not going to train really tom Think of how much would have potentially happened in the time I was doing the Robin Hood thing if I stayed at the loft. Right. How long were you actually out there for again? Like, was you, it- you can never know like what what would have been or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, exactly. I'm saying we spent all this time setting up all this shit and putting all this infrastructure in, and then you know we didn't really jump on that. So yeah, yeah. 
How, how long did you do Robin Hood for? I think it was like five months, I want to say, six months maybe. Pretty pretty good chunk of time. Yeah, because we did two weeks in Winnipeg, and then the rest of it we were at uh, the heart of Robin, or what was it called? Uh, the yeah. Royal Alexander the Royal Alexander Theater in Toronto on Queen Street. Right. Nice Mervish Productions, shout out. Yeah, that was a great show. That was a good Honestly, show. It was really good. I, I, my favorite I probably would have watched it again. people I got to work with. Parsons Field, Troy. That's it. Just kidding. No, <laughs> they're all really nice. I like you guys. I like the Yeah, they're not listening, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, lots of people, they've gone on to some other big projects too, right? So yeah, I see them on every now and then I'll be watching a show on TV or Netflix or something. And I'm like, oh, you guys. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of yeah, neat. neat. Yeah, it is kind of neat. So tell me about the loft. I love the loft. What a brilliant idea. So Mark had a room, Mark with a roommate built this, like, was it a hostel? Is that what you call it? We called it a hostel, but we didn't charge people to stay there. So it wasn't really a hostel. People, um, you go up the stairs and you get into this like flat and then you walk in and there was 18 foot ceilings. Is that what it was? I don't know. They were really high. They were were high. Yeah. Yeah. And scaff filling that space. And yeah. then upstairs was like... Honestly, uh, the ceilings were six meters high because I could fit two three-meter standards. So, yeah, it'd be about six meters, five to six meters. And then there's yeah. like a bedroom and another level and then uh, a, a deck outside that you sh- sh- stride across. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the top yeah, of gap. that was the best part. We had a roof gap, like an actual <laughs> to the neighbor's roof. And he was a DJ and he was like all into it. So he's like, oh, yeah, you guys can stride on my roof anytime. Like, so, uh, yeah, we'd be having parties. And I just remember this one time, um, <laughs> knock, knock, knock on the door. It's like the maintenance guy for the building. And it's this little Mexican guy. And he's like, oh, sorry, you can't really have people climbing on the building. Like, what? You know, he's kind of like all freaking out. He's like, your friends are climbing on the building, man. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh, sorry about that. Like, uh, he's a. Uh, like one of the best rock climbers I've ever met. And that guy there is a professional parkour athlete. He's jumping between the buildings and this guy, and he's like, Oh, no way, man. And I showed him a couple of videos and the guy was all impressed. And then uh, the owner of the building and a few of his friends came one time during one of our parties to like watch us mucking around. And they were like, they knocked on the door and they were like, Oh, this is really cool. And he just wanted to show his friends our scaffold. So. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a really good idea. Like, I mean, that's a dream, right? Like, wake up and you're in your training space yeah the only thing i would change is uh is rent you don't want to be renting a place like that right but, uh that's kind of it's actually funny because uh i i found all these old posts from this was already now this is five almost or maybe actually six years ago this is six years ago now that that this happened um we left there and we were going to uh look for private property to do this so we had started talking about building on my grandpa's land uh, so that was funny that that's six years ago and now I'm on my grandpa's land uh, building this. So um, maybe maybe then like what I'm doing right now with Jungle Jam and all this, maybe this can end up becoming uh, what the loft was in a lot of ways. So having a place for people from all right. over the world to uh, crash, have campsites, play Airbnb units you can rent out and whatever. And having the biggest parkour uh, play structure in the whole world is something we could boast probably having that set up all the time. It's all amazing and uh I want to have crazy shit. I want to have ponds where you can swing over them and like all kinds of stuff. We want to just go nuts. So, um, uh, we'll knowing you. <laughs> right. So, uh, like, cool. so everyone can uh, support 
Sage movement, buy lots of stuff, so then we can give money towards Jungle Jam. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, Lazar is a really Métis town, um, and I don't know if you know this, uh, Christy. Tom and I are both Métis. Um, yes, I did know that, yeah. I uh, so, uh, drove down Selby Street or Avenue. Yeah, in St. Lazar, that's right. That's My family a has a little feeling. bit of uh, history yeah. with that town. It is a weird feeling. It's it really how, how about I was going to backflip my snowboard on Selby Street this year. Uh, the street got salted and uh, graveled before we could shoot the shot. But uh, yeah, we were uh, we were on Selby Street at like after a snowstorm, like bright and early in the morning, getting ready to backflip like on my street. It was really weird. No, it's it's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, but anyways, actually, you know, it's funny on that street, uh, the house my dad grew up in. Um, there's this guy, Tonchi. He's like kind of the the chief of the Machif out here. He's kind of like the the, the Métis chief. And um, he could probably help get me some funding and stuff for Jungle Jam. And the town is really backing what I'm doing. So that's oh, really, that's really good. And, and that's one of the important reasons, like with me staying out here in Lazar and well, I'm actually in Russell right now, but with me being out here in this area and mingling and like when Tom came and snowboarded, he met a few guys. Um, you met uh, Miles and uh, Will and stuff there in that clip doing wall flips that I posted this morning on Selby Parkour at Jungle Jam. That's the same boys that you met. Oh, so I don't think like, I saw that clip. Uh, I posted this morning on Selby Parkour, but uh, it it's it's like the all these kids who are around here who go to uh, Mississippi and they do all their snowboarding, all the skateboard culture around here. There's a lot of kids who are really bored, reminiscent of me and you in Saskatoon when I was when we were kids. Yeah. Um, it, it, they seem really bored, and uh, it's kind of that field of dreams idea. If you build it, he will come. I kind of started building <laughs> crazy shit. All these kids started showing up. Uh, luckily, they weren't ghost kids, so that wasn't creepy. <laughs> Yeah, they weren't uh, former uh, professional parkour athletes coming back. Yeah, whispering <laughs> things at me. But other than that, it was pretty much like Field of Dreams. All these kids are showing up and throwing down and having a good time. So, yeah. Sick. Well, I can't wait to uh, see uh, the 10th year <laughs> of Jungle Jam, you know, like what that looks like. No kidding, eh? Yeah. 10 years in. Oh, my God. That's, that's what I'm talking about. We'll look, so we'll look back at this and this will be kind of like our time capsule of like, you know, when people in 1950 were talking about, oh, the future, we're going to have flying cars. It's going to be great. See, like this will be us talking about Jungle Jam. So you're going to be like, ours, but you're going to be like 80 years old and be like, I was living in my RV. That's yeah. not digging, a backflip. Digging up. Doing uh, <laughs> <laughs> people around the like Selby parkour grounds and showing them all the all the crazy shit so that's the thing i mean park, yeah. park slash museum yeah i can't right? <laughs> see mark to see what he looks like at 80 like i just I'm here i'll keep my face still and you can use an app and you can find out what i look oh, like at 80 don't do that that freaks me out no, yeah. <laughs> use a filter um so you went climbing there for a bit that was, like it's kind of cool to see a transition like so you lived in sherwood forest um my first year rock climbing i lived at jones road in kenora and then uh second season i spent some time at jones and then also at echo creek and then yeah third season i was more interested in doing my own developing i mean i'd put up some first ascents um at the popular crags but they were pretty um what's the word sucked pretty dry um just because like people have been climbing there since the seventies and eighties and whatever. So I, I picked right. spots uh, 
like Sherwood Forest. And uh, that's where I like to develop now because uh, there's more um, more to find. Just I feel like uh, for me, I, climbing that itch that I scratch is the same thing that I was doing with parkour, which is like once I was I drained the city of shit to do. It's like, oh, my God, I'm going bored. I need to go to another country or go somewhere else to uh, stay entertained. So um, for me, rock climbing in a place where it's all done isn't the most entertaining thing. I like to go and yeah, kind of pave my own way and and find new original stuff. So Sherwood Forest, right? Sherwood yeah. Forest is like pretty much me and Rob Hester. So two guys. Two guys. I guess like you got more like you were into bouldering first before you started like all the like going out to the middle of nowhere and <laughs> setting up routes, right? Well, actually, most of the boulders I set are more in the middle of nowhere than the roping I do. Uh, but like boulders, you, sometimes you have to hike kilometers just to get to a boulder that we like found in the middle of nowhere and scrubbed and set problems on it. But but yeah, like um, first season I was doing top roping and uh, some lead climbing. Second season I was trad climbing um, where you put your own anchors and whatever. Um, I'm still so yeah. not familiar with rock climbing. I don't know any terminology. It's awful. I think I really think Tom it would be a good thing for you to take on eventually because it's 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 not that hard. <laughs> it's, it's just fun. It's really fun. It's pretty fun. It is. Uh, it puts yourself in a different position, and it's kind of neat that uh, you can sprawl your body to get to the same one point A to point B. Yeah. That's one thing that I, I always find really funny is I get in a lot of shit from climbers for being that parkour guy. And it's their misconception is that I'm this parkour guy who's just going to do impractical and flashy and showy offy things. And it's like, it's so funny, guys, that that's so the opposite of the the approach I'm taking at it. Like, I, I, I purely took an efficiency approach with rock climbing and like trying to think like every time I'm using ropes or anything like that, I'm thinking about like developing myself as a solo climber and like how would I really feel if I was up here in this position right now with no protection? Like that's the whole goal right. of being full goal of training. It is to become like, I don't know, this sounds really stupid to like base, like something you would work on in your life off of a scene in a movie, but it's pretty bad when Batman can't get out of the fucking like hole in the ground that Raz al Ghul, whatever, put him in. And it's like, no one in this cave knows how to belay properly. And they're like, and they don't know how to put in anchors. They don't know how to do anything. And they're, they're taking these huge unnecessary whips that like on static rope. And they like, if they just had a little bit of skill, like just a little bit, they could get out of that hole so easily, like so easily. It's like a five, eight, five, and seven. It's really think it would take the greatest detective on earth that long to figure out that a rope was holding them back. <laughs> Well, those scenarios I think about all the time, like, uh, people just come out of a movie and they're like, well, if uh, anything happened to me and my family, I'd throw my daughter through the window and then I'd jump in, out after. I'm like, okay, show me Have what you that practiced looks that? Like. Yeah, show me. Show, show me, me what that looks like. Like, well, yeah. I'll take this. I'm like, so you're going to crack your child's head open <laughs> and you're going to break your hip or your leg? Like, yeah. so you want to learn parkour when things go down? Yeah, but, but not so I want to learn how to fail on the streets, but not while I'm in the gym. You know what I mean? I mean <laughs> it, it, it's kind of it's similar to these people who say, oh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And it's like, well, that you're kind of victim blaming by saying, like, I'm not a I, I'd love to have been a, a, a lover my whole life. But there's been opportunities or sorry, there's been situations where if I had chosen to be a lover, I wouldn't be here and wouldn't be alive to tell you the story right now. So I had to choose fighting. And it's like, 
it, it, like with parkour, it's the same way where you can, you can just be in denial your whole life until it actually happens one day, or you can start training. And I mean, yeah, probably you're not going to have to throw your kid off of a, a roof or whatever, but we all see the viral videos and shit now. Like I, I saw one a little while ago um, where it was a lady and she had to like lower her kid off of a burning balcony and like drops the kid and a crowd of people is there and they catch the kid. And she's like three floors up. And then it's like, after the video, it's like, luckily the kid survived, but the mom died. And I'm like, why'd you die? Why'd you have to die? Like a broken pelvis wouldn't have been so bad or a collarbone. You could have just like went over the rail. Like you don't no technique whatsoever. You could have just gone over and been okay. But some people are less afraid of fire than they are of like something that's completely not unreasonable, like down climbing. Um, But there's there's a potential for for harm but you're facing they're so literal death. From reality tom that their their <laughs> irrational fear is is more powerful than than like objective reality around them like yeah. tenfold so i think i think parkour is a really good system for bringing you down to earth mm-hmm. and bringing you down to reality um in the same way that sparring is good for bringing people down to earth when they think they're like some people think that oh i would just walk up and punch him and then his head would blow up and that would be that and then the mud evaded and it's like, hey, buddy, like, have you ever been in a sparring like a situation? It's like, it's not that easy. It's really hard. So sparring brings people down to earth. Training parkour brings you down to earth. It yeah. teaches you, hey, you're not Clark Kent. You're not yeah. going to go through up the wall and it's not going to work out the way you think it is unless you train for it. Especially even if you are like somewhat trained, you get into a real situation. And as soon as adrenaline kicks in, you're like in a whole totally different mindset, right? Like. And if you're you not know, ready for it, things aren't muscle memory. One time, me and Sam Armstrong, we were with Mickey and Sonny. And we're at Pinawa Dam. And me and Sam Armstrong, we fly up the Wall of Doom solo, right? We just go bloop. And for people who don't know what that is, that's like a 60-foot horrific slab climb that we that's were doing before we parkour athletes. And it's like, eh, it's horrendous. So me and Sam climb up to the top. We're up on top of this thing, and we're waiting for Sonny. And Sonny's like... 15 feet below us so he should be coming up over the edge any minute now all of a sudden we hear like a little like catastrophe and then mickey starts yelling and she's like guys come down quick sunny's hurt and like sunny's not on the wall anymore i'm like oh shit and and me and sam there's like no way if you know that spot there's no way back down besides either down climbing or going all the way around the whole dam and we weren't about to like do a, a 20 minute hike to get to our friend so me and Sam were originally up there sussing out a like a 15 or so foot gap. I think about no 14, 15 feet. It's not unreasonable by any means, but the I guess the unreasonable part is that it's a chossy takeoff. It's all like loose, like loose, horrible concrete. So there's no, it's not like you'd want to bring a broom up there. Yeah, and, all falling uh, apart. It's all falling apart. Um and uh and the run up is like about the same size as the gap. Like it's you don't have a huge run up from my memory. So me and Sam, we were originally going to climb up and look at this gap, but we weren't planning on doing it. And then Mickey yells, guys, Sonny's hurt. Get down here. So like me and Sam looked at each other and without, there was actually, there wasn't even any process whatsoever. It, it was completely like, you know, you know, in parkour and you know, you can do something and you know, you're going to do it, but you're going to still be going through this 10 minute process or whatever until you do yeah. it. That yeah. was gone instantly. Oh, it was wow. gone instantly. There was no question. We're going. So me and Sam looked at each other and then we both did the gap and we were down at Sunny in like a second. And then, uh, and uh, yeah, that was, that was really gnarly, but that was like just one example of like 
us actually using parkour where like it was in a fight or flight situation and it was like, holy crap, like it, like your ability to process things and actually react or, or is so, so, so good. It's really awesome. <laughs> and to use that adrenaline too, like not to yeah. blow it up, to know, like, like you said, like in the street, like to know when you're training martial arts, the best thing you can do is not fight at all. Right. But you learn how to use that adrenaline yeah. and, you know, kind of turn it into some muscle else. memory. Yeah. But the last thing you want to do is that. So like, even like going over that, that gap, you kind of learn how to like harness that adrenaline like oh it's not a big deal i'm not kind of that scared like it's just i've done this a billion times before it's just like on this like exactly crumbling relic you know (laughs) it's so cool that when when we try to like control our adrenaline or we try to like um play with fear and stuff like that you know the reality is you don't have to do it you can do all the trickery you want but at the end of the day you're like oh i could just leave i could just go home and leave the jam and not do this but when your friend is injured on the ground, it's okay, we're doing this. I just right. love that how uh, in, in that flight or flight situation, there is no decision. It's just immediate. Um, well, I, I'm, it was for me and I know it was for Sam and I, I think it is for most people. Cool. Good story. Yeah. Like, that was a good like using parkour story. One time me and Ron got locked up on my, on Ron. like when we first moved into the yeah, loft, we got Ron. locked up on the roof because we didn't realize there was a one-way door. So that first time the loft was down climbed was me like getting us off the roof. Cool. And that, that was like, it took us maybe 40 minutes of like sussing it out and like deciding to commit to it. Okay. And it was like, yeah, down climbed off the three floor, three floor building. Wow. Placement hand, placement. Oh, it was actually in the end. We were like, Oh, this is a really fun challenge. So it was like kind of good. It happened. I remember you telling me about that. Actually, Justin Biggity just told me like a month ago, that him and Jesse went back there like a year ago. Like it's probably someone else's condo now. And they climbed up the side and they did the roof gap. <laughs> really? Yeah. That, and they said like the skateboard grip tape is still there that we put on the the sheet metal, like for the roof gap. Me and Sam had put uh, grip tape on the takeoff and landing. So that way, like you wouldn't slip. Um, little known fact, wow. the first did that gap was in the rain. Yeah. Um, so it was horrifically sl- slippery. So we needed to have that there. Yeah, nothing like a challenge, hey. So, <laughs> Even in the um, rain. <laughs> with uh, all these, you know, ac- different activities and the years of of your training, how how are you feeling like physically? Like from, I mean, I know you've had some injuries, but now that you're gonna be 29 soon, everyone say happy birthday to Mark in a couple weeks. Uh, how how are you feeling um i feel pretty good like actually if you were to compare me up against like lots of my other 29 year old friends i grew up with like physically the place they're in is probably a lot worse off than where i'm at uh, because they have negligence injuries like where they just never had the strength in their joint and now their body's like beaten up by it um hmm i'd like to I'd like to try on the spot to serve you guys with an analogy. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> so if you've got, if you went in my car right now and you pulled up to some snow and you're like, oh shit, I think I'll get stuck. If you had a six inch lift, you would try and you would go a bit deeper. 
And if you had a, and if you, and if you go a bit deeper, oh, you're more likely to get stuck. Okay. Well, if we had a six inch higher lift, oh, then we could go a bit deeper. The high, the higher your lift is on the car, the farther you'll push it with deep snow. So your right. likelihood of getting stuck or injured is going to be, end up being the same. Right. Like I like significantly crazier things than anyone else who's my age. Usually like for my, my regular friends, my muggle friends. Yeah. I like, I do way crazier stuff. So it's like, I have a way bigger lift on my truck. I go in deeper snow than they do. Like, right. yeah, I get stuck about as often as they do. Yeah. My knee hurts right. and Ricky's knee hurts or whatever, yeah. but it's like, I'm out like bashing my body in these streets, you know? Like I, I get mangled. Like if you actually just made it like um, a bail reel of my life, I'm bailing all the time, like all yeah. the time. I'm just, it's not bad. I never, like I'm always laughing when I bail it. I get up and I'm like, oh, that's funny. And like, I think you have to become really good at that and be comfortable yes. with that. Um, so yeah, my lift is pretty good on my, my truck. So yeah, I push <laughs> the deep snow. I push the deep snow pretty often. Good that said, my truck is still pretty damn good. And if, I, and if I want to go back to low snow, that's going to be nothing for me because it's yeah. the deep snow, right? That I'm challenging myself with. I don't know. That's my analogy for my do body. Do you anything like, um, you know, kind of rehab or prehab stuff to like well, daily to take care of yourself or you're just pretty good for the most part? Secret time. Let's have some secret time. So secret time is if my customers and the people I market toward were here right now, I'd be saying, Oh yeah, like prehab, rehab, all this stuff. Because at the end of the day, I know how to teach that stuff. And a yeah. lot of people, regardless of what I tell them, they're going to want all that stuff. And they're going to put so much focus onto working on their car that I can, I have the skills to help them work on their car. Um, right. But do I value it for myself or care about any of that stuff for myself? Not really. I go by feel. I go by feel. Like if yeah. I, if I start to feel bad, in one area, I can switch areas and I've got more than enough shit to entertain my, like my body. Like say I did so much plyo work that I just, you know, you know, those days where you, you went two, three parkour jams in a row and you wake up and you can like, you're, you're stiff as hell. Oh, go hangboard, yeah. go hangboard, dude. Your fingers are fine. Your fingers are just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And if I snowboard until my hips can barely move, because recently I found it, sometimes it's hard to lift my legs off, like to just, like lift my leg in the air, because I'm like, oh my God, my hips are so blown out from twisting in my hips from snowboarding. Right. So I'm like, oh, I'll go do some like rock climbing. So I go on my rock climbing wall and I'll do some like crack climbing where I have to twist my hips back and forth. And it's a, it's instead of like the loose snowboarding twisting, it's like a, it's a, a resistance. It's more like a resistance training where I'm having to torque into my hip. Right. So I just changed it up. So even though it's still hip, it's like different on my hip. I agree. But anyways, yeah, yeah. there's, there's always enough, uh, enough things that I can be working on, even just yeah. in the world of parkour. But, but because I like snowboarding and parkour and rock climbing and martial arts and biking and board, everything I can, there's so many things to divvy it up, but let's just say I did only parkour. I could easily divvy up the soreness with just parkour precisions right. one day, wall climbs the other day, you know, you can, you can switch it up. So yeah i don't talk too much about like that stuff injuries i don't know i feel like that whole injuries and all that it, it becomes a really easy excuse for people so i try not to we all deal yeah. with it yeah i have this uh mind body connection i have like a uh, self-talk to my body i'm like oh like i sit there in a crouch position i'm like so you know who's in charge right now you think <laughs> you're in charge right now the body no 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 I'm <laughs> telling the body to do. So if you fail, you're failing me. <laughs> kind of 
Tyrion made a good point too, though, right? Where sometimes we can get so um, like the, with the one more time shit, where we start to ignore yeah. uh, listening to our body, and it's just one more, time, one more time, one more time, one more time. Uh, but you know what, though? I don't look at that as a negative. I look at all everything I do and all the training gives me the opportunity to do that. I love that. I love that I get to sometimes just mangle myself. Like you, when you see that skateboarder where he'll hit a, a rail 50 times in a row and you're like, why is this guy getting up? What's he doing? Like, dude, leave. And he's just getting mangled. And you're like, there's probably other shit you could be working on. Like, this is not the progression you need to be in. But yeah. it, the thing is, it's become more than that. It's become a war. It's a war between him and that problem. And it, and of course he could go and take the Nigel Houston approach and just like have more progression. And of course he doesn't need to be mangling himself, but the war is on, it's already started. And, and he, like, that is such a fucking fun process that I would never want to like, look at that as this negative thing that I'm trying to avoid. It's like, no, I, I stay in shape so right. I can go to war, you know, like even with martial arts, yep. like I don't sit and strike a, a bag so I can, look like a martial artist i strike a bag because one day i might go to war with some guy and i want to be able to hit him harder than he hits me like no yeah. i totally feel yeah a lot of people do a lot of things for just for social media like and then they <laughs> then they can't like walk for a day or two because they're hitting the bag with like the wrong way they twisted their foot or something you know they're yeah thinking, oh yeah or they I burn think... out their foot because of not wearing a padding because of the, the canvas bag you know what i mean yeah like, yeah that uh, that mentality is definitely uh, more more old school parkour too. You know, like that was always something that was like popular, right? It was like a warrior mentality. True. You know, you know and that's like Tom, not really talked about now. Tom, I want to just quickly say this: you should read Rock Warrior's Way. Uh, is it, is it, it's, I think it's called Rock Warrior's Way. Yeah, it's Arno Ilgner. He's the he's a rock climber, but he wrote this book called Rock Warrior's Way about like training for rock climbing and mental training and and whatever and. Oh man, that book, like really, it's the best book I've ever read for like mental game by far. And you can apply it to parkour. You can apply it to whatever you want, but it's called rock warriors way. And you should read it. And I think he based it off of another book called the way of the warrior or something like that. But I think it's like, he took this warrior thing and applied it to rock climbing. But when he even talks about it in the book, he says like, Oh yeah, you could apply this to long distance running or whatever the hell you want really. But Right. It's the warrior's way, and it's, oh, man. It's just like a, a philosophy. Yeah, sometimes you don't realize how, like, these things you read or these ideas you hear, they can just kind of, like, plant themselves in your brain, and then you kind of subconsciously go, and you're living off of that, and you don't even realize it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, that warrior shit's pretty big for me. I, yeah. I mean, you can even see why, just, like... Just having this conversation with you guys, I'm kind of realizing how big of a deal it is for me to be a warrior, you know? Yeah, like, you can see why Bruce Lee was such an inspiration, right? Like. Oh, yeah. To the uh, shout to out the to OGs. Bruce. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, Bruce. Sorry, Tom. Go oh, on. Do that. Do that. Jeet Kune Do. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. The way like of intercepting take... fists. That's actually what we can talk about too. Like for your background, besides climbing, you did a bit of uh, mixed martial arts. So, so that same type of mentality, right? Would have. Uh, yeah carried over and that was even early parkour days too or a bit before parkour before parkour um I th- well i think also dad kind of had us sparring karate when we were kids and practicing katas and stuff and then i know mom took us to a couple like uh community center things like i did uh, a little bit of community center karate and then i did uh yeah. i did fort rouge leisure center kickboxing muay thai course oh yeah for a year. Right. 
Yeah. And then after that, Volpato Studio. But um, yeah, yeah I, for me, martial arts like was was like yeah. Um, I told you that same thing with like parkour was already who I was, and then I just kind of found out what it was called. Yeah. Martial arts felt that same way, where it's like it was just. I think I think it really, if you have to give credit to like somebody as to why me and you and Ken are the way we are, it's obviously dad. It's it's just because dad's a loony. His dad grew <laughs> up doing handstands and flips. That's and, true. And, and, if anyone it says they can is. beat dad in a fight, it's like, no, like that's that's serious discussion has to, to uh, happen first. You can't just make that claim that you could beat my dad in a fight. You can't just say that. You got to prove it. That's like, true. I don't know. I grew, up, I grew up with an intense father and uh, and yeah, I, I love I love my parents so much, but they really inspired us to, to be kind of crazy. And I, our mom, too, is an absolute loony. Like when it comes to sports. Yeah still just like kill most people i know in uh, physical feats of strength so all right so these two have a, a bias towards their parents yeah like, <laughs> um, your your parents are sweethearts like yeah they embrace me as if i'm a part of your family and i feel like i'm a part of your family when i'm around oh, yeah. you all like i mean it's just it's a cool feeling i don't know if anyone's ever told you that but uh shout out to the selby family <laughs> Mark, what did you think, like, when you started doing parkour street stunts, like, how do you think mom and dad felt about that? Ooh. Um, your head open. <laughs> well, I was already skateboarding, um, and, like, they would kind of, I remember mom would give me, like, a little allowance for a Slurpee and a chocolate bar kind of thing, like a, a max allowance, or 7-Eleven or whatever, and I'd go to the St. Patel Skateboard Park, and I'd spend, like, sometimes six to eight hours there and i'd come home with my shins covered in blood from like their bike <laughs> yeah. pedals skateboard banging into it or like a scooter banging into it but my shins were just getting mangled yeah. and like i would come home like i i remember specifically my mom would buy peroxide like from the drugstore and like i was the peroxide kid who always had to be opening the new things of peroxide because of how often i was <laughs> getting mangled yeah. and uh so so for my mom i think she was just excited that there wasn't wheels under my feet and that I would have like, and she saw how controlled I was like Tom will remember in grade, uh, grade five, I went to a school called uh, Riverview for one year because uh, I had some school issues as a kid and I was bounced around, but I went to Riverview for a year and at that school is a three floor school. I went down all three floors on my hands and then walked into the, the cafeteria on my hands. But that's the, the challenge uh, challenges I would do for myself when I was a little, little kid. Um, it was always that way. Tom will, Tom will attest to a lot of this. Yeah. Uh, no one's calling potential back then, right? They saw you as what a bad kid. I'm such a stoner. I don't know what you guys said. <laughs> well, I was just saying, like, people see that kind of talent as, like, oh, you're bad. You shouldn't be doing that. Not like, okay, this kid yeah. is exceptional. Like, let's take this kid and nurture him instead of, like... Well, you, were, you were asking if my mom was concerned about it. Um, and it's like, like, yeah, no, not really. Just because that's, like, again, it's not like I got into parkour. Like, my mom was like, oh, yeah, Mark, that's the, like, like as soon as... If someone would have said to my mom, hey, like, if she discovered it before we did, and so, so, like the way Rylan's mom got him into parkour, yeah. if someone right. told my mom about parkour, she would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm bringing all three of my boys. That's, yeah, like, it would have been obvious. There would have been no question. Um, so. Also, also a little note. I went to uh, school with Ryland's mom. I yeah, actually, I think I knew that. I did know yeah. that. Um, I'm kind of for some reason I knew right that. Now. Shout out to her too. 
<laughs> Actually, I really like Rylan's parents. I, I, I like all the parents of those kids, like Tyrion's parents and Rylan's parents and Ben's parents. They're all really good. I like all I mean, these guys. You got to be, uh, you know, on the same wavelength, right? If you're yeah. <laughs> all kind of accepting of the same thing. It's kind of neat. That's true. Yeah, so going off of that, um, Mark, how do you see, like, people... Joni's like, asleep and it's so cute. Sorry. How do you see people in the parkour community that you came up with or taught or now, like, you know, their achievements? What do you think of, like, them still doing parkour or moving on to other things? Are you following some people? Are you really interested in I follow city? all those boys. Like, I, I, yeah, like, right on, I, right I've watched everything you guys have been doing, and I, like, I have really bad internet, so, like, I'm not trying to, like, pump up my own tires too much here, but, like... If somebody watches your guys' thing in the city, that's a big deal. If I watch your thing, it's a really big deal. It means yeah, I right sat on, up the window for an hour or whatever. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> city reception, and then I'm, like, off in the forest trying to, like, yeah. So, like, I don't have – for people who don't know, I'm, like, off-grid, and I'm a bushman, and, yeah. So, for for me to, to like, download that stuff isn't the easiest. But I love hearing what those kids are up to and everything. And um, I love how I say those kids. They'll probably be 30 years old, and I'll be calling them those kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the weirdest thing I can possibly think of is sitting in a pub with all of them at a table and having a beer. It's like the weirdest right. thing. It is. It is. It's children to me. But at the same time, um, they're, yeah, they are growing up and they're, uh, I think they're like, like any coach, this should be the goal of any coach. They're better than I ever was. All my students are amazing because they got all the good shit and not the bad shit. And they, they, uh, they're smarter than I am. They're more humble than I am. They're, I love those kids. They're, they're better than me in every way. They're the best. I mean, that's ultimately the goal, right? Like every time yeah. you teach someone is make them better than better. you were. Yeah. And they are like, I, I, oh man, Ben is my favorite parkour athlete in the world. And that's not to pick on the other boys. That's not to say that they're not <laughs> as good as Ben. Uh, you I, guys some... heard, heard it here first. <laughs> Ben's my favorite parkour athlete in the world. And this is coming from someone who's trained with the best parkour athletes in the world. Or well, yeah, we'll have to talk about that too after. Check out sagemovement.net for apparel. We have the essentials, OG, and custom prints. Now the essentials, we, there's these awesome hoodies, beanies, joggers, and yes, the sage mug. Everyone's been asking for it, so now it can be yours. The OG is what I'm wearing right now. It's the sage logo. With parkour, tricking, and free running, it's actually, actually it's one of my favorite T-shirts to wear, and the custom prints. I don't want to spoil it. You have to go check them out yourself. They're really, really great. And if you want to see our athletes in action, go see YouTube, Sage Movement, also Instagram Sage Movement. It's a real freak show to tell you the truth. Like it, subscribe, leave a comment. That really helps us. And thank you for your support. Now, back to Tom. So, what were you saying? Before we... About Ben and the boys? The yeah. Okay, so all these interruptions. But before that, we were talking about the boys. Um, yeah, so no, I was just saying, uh, I think Ben and those boys, they're like my favorite athletes in the world. Ben in particular is my favorite athlete in the world. And after <laughs> that, like I went to 2015 Pro Jam. I trained with like some really good guys. And they've got style where if I were to make, uh, if I were to film them and then turn it all into silhouettes, I'd be able to go, oh yeah, that's Pip. 
Yeah, that's Eric. Yeah, that's like I'd be able to tell you which athlete is which mm-hmm. because they have this this really strong style. Yeah. And Ben and those boys, they're all getting there now, like where they, they have a style. But at oh, the yeah. same time, their style, Ben's style is so pure and so clean and so controlled that it would be really hard to put a finger on if it's him or just any other really technical parkour guy. Mm. And once that's style awesome, starts man. to disappear a little bit, mm. like and it becomes this like it looks like a fucking um it looks like uh perfect like it's it's not uh it doesn't it's not like style usually comes from like if you had all these categories of balance and strength and speed and agility all these different areas you're nine out of ten for that eight out of ten for that all your ten out of ten for that always seven out of ten for that and then you end up with this mix that comes up with a style right if all your areas are ten you're not going to have a style you just you did it right Uh, and I think that's where Ben's at. Like when he does a line where he really dedicates himself to it, he does it right. And I like that about Ben. It's like, oh man, that line was good. Yeah. Like that. Well, actually, you know what, Tom? The one line in Serratus where he was like, he worked at it for a couple of weeks, I guess, and he was like striding across the tops of the walls and yeah. like as steps as possible, and then plow to the middle bar, and then plow to the wall, and then that huge arm jump. Yeah. And then so, I, somebody, I was, I was showing that to a muggle and then they're like, oh my God. And then he does the castaway and I'm like, oh, okay. But the castaway or the worm castaway. <laughs> I was like, like, not even the fuck. hardest part. <laughs> no, it's like, it's fuck all. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. Like it's literally nothing compared to everything else you just did. Oh. So it's like, it's the, it's the cherry on the cake maybe. Yeah. But even then it's like, I didn't even need it. Ben didn't it's... do that wall cast. I would, it would have been for me because I'm not a yeah. layman. I would have been like, that's all he needed to do. But be, the, the. The fact that the the lay person sees that yeah. and goes, oh, and the backflip at the end, and I'm like, oh god, like the parkour is so amazing yeah. that they don't really get it. But people people definitely can't appreciate it because they've never really tried to do it, right? They think, oh, yeah, you just run and jump, but it's like, I've, when was the last time you tried to run and jump? Like you could probably do like a quarter of that distance. Well, and, and not even just being able to like, make it to that wall, but when you like. Most people, if they did that arm jump, like even an NHL guy, if he did that arm yeah. jump, he'd be on the news the next day that fucking, oh, Pavel, whatever, some guy, Russian NHL player, slammed into a wall from 15 feet, slammed into the wall. He's in emergency intensive care. We're, we're going to keep updating you guys, let you know how he's doing. His fucking head split open. Yeah. His fucking, we hope his hockey career can continue. Um, like it's an accident. It's like an actual accident controlled. When you're jumping that far, when you're jumping 15, yeah. 20 feet, it's a controlled accident. And if you mess up or you slip, you're in that accident. Like people don't, people people have no idea. That's why when some goofball was at the forks, uh, last summer, uh, I can't remember. There's a few, the boys were trying my black belt challenge, my level five Selby challenge to get the free jungle jam ticket. And, uh, that challenge is ridiculous. It's so like ridiculous. Uh, me and Tyrion are the only people on earth who've done it at this point. And some guy was walking by and he's like, oh, just jump to it. And he's all like, and I, I stopped the guy and I said, I don't have a lot of money, but I could come, I could get a thousand bucks together. Like, if you can do this, I'll give you a thousand dollars and you can try all day. <laughs> uh, you can call your best yeah. athlete friends, guys from high school you grew up with, volleyball players, whatever. Call them down. I'll give them a thousand bucks. They can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah. Fucking Olympian can't do it. Because it's a level five, it's like it's like saying, "Oh, I'm gonna beat the this guy in a jujitsu match, and he's a Gracie, tenth planet, and what like you know, like, yeah, like are you? Yeah. You're, not, you're not gonna beat him. He's a yeah. jujitsu black belt, and you don't know jujitsu. He's gonna give you a mocking, teaching little grapple session, and then you're gonna feel like a child. 
That's yeah. all that's going to happen. It doesn't matter if you're Mr. Universe, <laughs> he can mangle you. Yeah. Um, and, the, and that's the same thing when you're talking about uh, a muggle trying the stuff that Tyrion and Ben and them do. It's, it's not even, they can, they could try to imagine what the movement is all about, but it's so much more complex than they could ever fathom. And, oh, and yeah. nothing would really hit them with that reality besides trying it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely, it's, it's hard for people, I think, to really appreciate just, just by watching a video. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when you see, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me there, like just on a video, how small things look too. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Like, so if you do see something that's big in a video, you know, it's actually gigantic. Like it's yeah. so massive because videos make things look like no big deal. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know what? It's funny because, uh, like, I my brain's pretty good at like looking at a video and 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 knowing what it would look like in person. I have a conversion thing now that goes on that happens when I watch videos converts because I've yeah. seen this live and in video, so I have the conversion happening. But you're right, yeah. you don't have that. There you go. I have no perception of how big that was, or no, I yeah, no idea what went into that. Um, yeah, yeah I definitely gained like a pretty good. Oh, an even better appreciation for all the Cambridge videos after having actually been there. Yeah. You know, it's like all the things that like Lions Yard or Lions Rails or whatever. It's like that's a lot bigger than it looks like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like just like when you watch uh, videos, old videos of Phil Doyle and he's barefoot and he strides across Lion Rails and then twizzles on the wall and strides back and then down across the bench. And it just like it looks like young Phil still, where he's all like like young young Darren Timco mode, where he's all scrawny and like <laughs> like not in his prime or anything yet. And he just makes it look so like like nothing. Like he's just and stepping then, across it. You're in your prime, and you've been banging some big old strides, mm-hmm. and you get there, and you can't even do it at all. Yeah. It, then you realize how good Phil and those guys really are. Um, I know Tyler's gonna touch on this, so I just kind of want to like beat him to it. When you guys interview Tyler, um, he's going to talk about the first time we went to Cambridge, um, seeing like 15 and 16 year olds doing wall runs like feet above what you can do and doing arm jumps feet bigger than you can do and doing Mm -hmm. precisions like feet bigger than you can do. And it just how how mind blowing that was for me and Tyler to be around that. Um, And then, well, Spain, too, like that trip in general was just a real mind fuck. Like it was a real mind flipper, like to to go from like what we thought was reality to all of a sudden, like spend two weeks with like the craziest athletes in the world. And like Daniel Abaca and all these guys just casually throwing crazy stuff. And it's like, Holy shit. It changed. It changed the, the level changed. Right. Yeah. 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 And that was uh, your first, first time going over overseas, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. That was my first time. Yeah. Was that, uh, when you did the flow stuff like yeah 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 Yeah. first trip was with tyler harder and me and him did uh liverpool well sorry we we got there we did uh cambridge first and then we went to liverpool and spent some time um at the labaca's house and uh met um the sang family and airborne academy and all them and um and then we carried on to, we were supposed to actually do a parkour pilgrimage to like, like, uh, lease and every, and like, we were going to go do manpower and all that stuff. Mm. And that was what our trip was going to be. But then Scott was like, Oh, it looks like the weather's really terrible all weekend. You know, like 
and like basically convinced us <laughs> that we need to go uh, to Spain instead. And that's kind of where the parkour was like hot at the moment, anyways. And Scott knew it, and we know Scott knows his shit, so we listened. Yeah. And like, yeah, really glad that that happened. I don't think I would trade a parkour pilgrimage for the experiences I got in that trip. We stayed at Adrian Pueyo's house uh, from Madrid Art del Displacimento. And those guys were like the coolest guys in the world. And like, oh my God, Tom, are like, they're so good. Like Cosman, Cosman at 14. Like, um, I can't even explain some of these guys. Yeah. Oh, he's a legend now. Like, like, like people who don't know Alberto from Mad and Cosman, uh, and like just the what guys from Mad, like, uh, watching those guys when they were younger, like back then, they were like, all, yeah. almost as good as they are now like i mean although some of the shit costman posts now i'm like what the fuck is that but <laughs> they were really good they were really really good they weren't they were like way ahead of their time and uh so it felt it felt like i it felt like for me and probably for tyler too like we stepped out of 2000 whatever year that was 2010 yeah. or whatever and stepped into or wait what year was that i guess that had been like 2012 or something 2013 that was after parkour tour right 2013, I guess. Yeah. Or 12. Yeah. 2012 or 2013. But anyways, um, it felt like uh, stepping out of 2012 and stepping into 2020. Right. Like it, like, they were like, they were so good then, those guys, the best guys that you could take them to a jam now and they'd still be the best and everyone would go, what the hell? Who are these guys? Like, that's how good they were. <laughs> yeah. So really, really mind blowing. Yeah, I, I think that was good just even for the community here. Like after you went there and, and came back and just it kind of spread through here too. like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, elevated things. So it was just like at the time, like, I guess we can't we still had YouTube. But mm-hmm. when you actually hear about it, like this person, you know, saw someone do this huge jump this way. It's just like, what? yeah that's possible makes it real right like it yeah, brings yeah. It okay yeah, yeah i guess i guess we gotta jump further <laughs> Basically. Yeah. i remember years ago i was listening to carl sagan talking about like two-dimensional creatures being lifted off of a two-dimensional plane and brought into a third world dimension and then dropped and then like experiencing what falling is and then describing it to the two-dimensional creatures when they get back and i remember like <laughs> really understanding what he was talking about because i was like this is actually very similar yeah. to like becoming like a almost like a european parkour athlete like they were like so on another dimension like it, yeah cool. that's that's really a lame way of putting it but anyways no, i like it that's cool but i mean like it the sport really did develop uh so much in you know the uk and and the rest of europe right so and, and like tom do you remember seeing like strides and plyos and things like that and like we didn't even do strides no one did strides. No one plowed. No one was moving forward and then took off two feet. Actually, like, yes. Something that was mentioned in a, a Jimmy the Giant video recently was how people used to Kong off of both feet. Two foot punch. The, the book, two, foot, two punch. foot punch. Yeah. yeah right? I got it here. Like, I remember when the transition happened of like, oh, you should split step. Tom, do you remember Brennan talking about split stepping in 2007? Brennan Bonet at, at Modus. So we're teaching. So no, oh. 2000, 2007 or 2008. He, he was there like it was this is like uh, Tyler and Alan were coming to classes. Brennan is, was coming, came to a couple of them. And Brennan and all of us were all working on our dive Kongs and double Kongs. And, all, and Tyler had like sick double Kongs. He had his cool. Yeah. Double Kongs. 
Brennan gave us all the spiel. He's like, guys, we're all doing this punching thing. We're all punching. It's not right. And Brennan wouldn't take off like that. He took off properly. And all of us right. shot, him, shot him down. I remember just being like, Brennan, you're, you're out That's of it. You know, do it. Um, <laughs> and, and it's like, holy fuck, was Brennan ever ahead of his time on that? It's, and it's such an obvious thing. Of course you take off. Well, Stand I mean, he—he's a super smart dude. He's a physicist, right? He yeah. probably understood it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, yeah. it's not. This is not going to work. <laughs> well, shout out not to, to Brennan if you ever listen to this for uh, teaching me <laughs> how to wall flip. There you go. There's a lot for of name dropping there. For Brennan, for what, Tom? For teaching me how to uh, two-step wall flip. Fuck yeah! I didn't know Brennan taught you two-step wall flips. Yeah. Yeah. He is one of the first dudes I ever saw doing them off of trees and stuff. Yeah, he was really good at them. I think I I think I already had them at when I met him. Like I had them because uh we were doing them at flares and stuff. But I remember him doing them too and just being like, pretty mind blown at like just the how clean Brennan was and how confident he was. He was and he was doing one step wall flips before like anyone else I knew. That's another weird thing. People used to two step wall flip before we did one step wall flips. Yeah. <laughs> That's not I, a thing anymore. I think the the one step wall flips before were not like how they are now. It was like run, jump at the wall, slam into it, yes. and flip. <laughs> Try to kill all your momentum. That yeah. you just the way, the way too much Boom. momentum. Kill it all and then try not to hit into the wall with your head. Oh man. I do remember doing quite a lot of wall tricks, Tom, where my leg would collapse and then like you would hit the wall with your body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, maybe and I should run, like, so fast. It's just not the right way. Like, you're taking the wrong approach, buddy. <laughs> oh, you got to like, go go up the wall, not at the wall. Right. Thing doesn't take place on the wall. It takes place a foot yeah. or two. <laughs> and you should keep everything a foot or two away from that damn wall. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, um, Mark, you mentioned uh, your... Uh, your system for grading in parkour. Yeah. You mentioned uh, there was a problem and you graded it at the forks. Tell uh, tell everyone about what that's all about. Um, me and Ben joke a lot that it's like, I mean, grading systems are kind of really hard to make, right? Um, in rock climbing, I don't know if you guys know, but there's like 10 different systems and you can't really actually like convert them to each other because they're four different purposes and they're four different rock and different terrain and they it's it's for achieving a different goal right like right like so if a system was developed for scottish trad climbing in scotland on this very specific type of climbing and you try to apply that grading system to like sandstone like like weird sandstone in texas somewhere that's completely different types of rock the different sport even it's not like long climbs you're not needing to protect yourself it's like um, and then also there's ice climbing. There's like the world of like getting up mountains and having to grade get, like uh, crevasse travel and things like that. Like it's just grading is is for is ultra specific. Grading is inherently an ultra specific thing to grade something. And to understand those ultra specific grades, you need to be in that world. Right. So say you spent your whole life using Yosemite decimal system and then you go to the uh, V scale. That might be a little weird for you. And if you uh if you're switching to font, uh, that might be kind of weird for you. Um, so I, I think a lot of people wouldn't really understand the Selby parkour grading system unless they learned parkour like under the Selby parkour system. So that's right. me and Ben. Uh, going back to me and Ben, we kind of joke that like we understand the system so well 
but like it would be kind it could potentially be hard to teach to somebody else but me and ben like you could show us any problem in the world and we would both have a synonymous grade for sure almost we would both be able to agree what the grade is synonymous is that the word we'd both be able to yeah. agree what the grade is um and uh i think it's it's because the foundation of it comes from scaffolding so you have to be able to draw a comparison from the problem to a problem that would be in our teaching system so we actually use like system scaffolding and like the dimensions of system scaffolding right. and uh, and and all those factors to try and uh, come up with our difficulty um so then in our system there's five difficulty levels uh well six but we we don't really count six, the sixth level because it's it's actually just it's stupid. It's it's the sixth level is for anything that's beyond the fifth level. Right. So if it's too hard to be in the fifth level, then that's what the sixth is for. It's just like stupid skills. Um. So sorry, that's kind of dumb right off the bat. But the sixth <laughs> level. That's um, just a wash already. <laughs> and then on top of the six levels, there's also a fear or danger rating. So like, I don't like to use fear rating. I like to call it danger rating. So it's more like practical. Um, right. But there's actually how bad are the consequences of failure on said problem. So a problem. So if you had um, um, a 20 foot gap between two benches on the ground with like sand in between them and the benches are round concrete where there's no spot to shin yourself, no nothing. The difficulty could be in a five or six because of the because it's a massive distance and it's it cannot get bigger difficulty wise, but it, right. the danger is so low. So uh, we use uh, movie ratings for the danger, which actually that comes like... that comes from rock climbing. Rock climbers do that too. So they'll go uh, PG, PG thirteen, or sorry, they'll go G, which is guidance. Then they'll go PG, then they'll go PG thirteen, and then they'll go R, and then they'll go X. That's the ratings. So guidance. Parental guidance, PG-13, um, rated R, and then rated X. It's so like porn. Um, so, Is that if, like if, death? <laughs> yeah. So, right, yeah. So that maybe the 20-foot problem uh, doesn't have a high danger rating um, or consequence, but it has a high skill um, right. or difficulty, right? Um, but anyways, we can take that and we can apply it to anything in the reason we did that is it helps for uh, grading, for certification, uh, for like actually being able to say this this coach is uh, um, has, this is their ability level, be able to actually quantify someone's ability level, um, and then also for the sake of competition and parkour competition, being able to quantify the the difficulty of a, a said problem. Right. Um, right. They're trying right now to go like, oh, this is a this is a plyo problem, or this is a cat to pre problem, or this is whatever. But parkour is so complex that it's gonna you never never know what the takeoff is going to be a vault or a lash air this or that you don't know what it's going to be but it's going to be a combination of 10 things and then we got to be able to like come up with a grade for how difficult is this problem really um climbing is really old and there's still a lot of arguments it's not a clear thing no one agrees on any grade of anything in the whole world of climbing um yeah. but they are still they're always growing they're always getting better at it and again um I think the grading isn't for the the muggles and for the general world. And it's probably not something that you'd even need to mention on a TV program. It's for us. It's for the people who are trying to understand um, right. what, it, what you're facing and why is it hard. Another thing that I really like about it and that Ben talked about this with me a little bit and a, a couple of the other boys have mentioned it too, is that sometimes a problem will scare you, but you don't objectively know why it's scaring you. Like what actually bothers you about it? You can't really process and understand it. So when you grade every aspect of the problem and you go, oh, no, that's only a brown 
PG, whatever. That's a, oh, and then this part, it goes into a lache. That's like maybe like a black level. Uh, sorry that I'm using colors now. The colors are the same as jujitsu. White, blue, purple, brown, black, red. So it's one to six. So anyways, if I say a problem is, uh, um, you know. Um, brown, you said? Well, sorry, I'm getting a little bit, uh, I'm a stoner. I'm, I'm all, my, I'm, <laughs> I, my thoughts are clustered. But anyways, me both, dude. point is I can come up with um, a really good um, synonymous grade with Ben. And he can go, he can go, oh yeah, like I was maybe worried about this. Oh yeah, that's what I was saying. I was maybe worried about this, but then I looked at it from a practical standpoint and it's like, no, the danger is not high. And it's, it's the skill is actually lower than something I've already done. Oh, that's similar. Right. Right. So it gives you that extra confidence to know like, oh, actually, no, this is well within my skill level. Right. That would happen to me a lot without necessarily grading it. But like kids in the parkour room would, mm. would spot a problem that I didn't see yet. And they go, Mark, can you do that? And I go, I look at it really quick and I go, yeah. And they go, well, have you done it? And I go, no, but like, I might as well have like, it's I, yes. The answer is yes. Right. Uh, because you know your own ability and you know what, you, and then they would be like, well, I'll prove it then. And then you just one bang it in front of them and you show them like, yeah, I know. Like when that's the whole goal of this is to know what you can and can't do. The whole goal yeah. is to be able to not have to have any mystery or any question. Oh, I wonder if I'm going to break my legs. Like if you're, if you're wondering that you shouldn't be doing it. Like, yeah yeah i found that when i was at jungle jam uh there was this cat leap and nino was there and he kind of walked me through it but uh one of the uh leaf one of the younger ones was like christy did you get that 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 whatever problem and i'm like oh that was a whatever problem i'm like oh <laughs> like that's pretty good you know but i'm like leaf did it yeah <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny that you mentioned Leaf there because that was one issue with me and Ben is uh, we are synonymous on agreeing with grades on everything. But then all of a sudden when you shrink a problem down to a little person, mm -hmm. it is hard to, yeah. to compare. It's almost like they need their own grade system. But you don't you the reason you don't do that, though, because like even in rock climbing, there's no little kids who climb V14 or 15 because right. they can't reach that far yet. And but still, they'll be climbing V8s. And whatever or they'll they'll find one that caters more to their style that they're still able to do even though they're small and they'll still do a really hard like a hard v like v10 or something and then the whole world knows oh if this kid grows another foot they're going to be doing like we know really where they're at you know what i mean so i'm not right. going to like m change the system and go oh leaf for leaf size that's a black belt problem like we're not going to do that um so yeah for the young kids it's going to be frustrating when it's like ah oh, but i'm only four feet so i can only do these white and blue problems or whatever but um yeah we, we talked a little bit about that and like how to combat that how to make things like more fair for the sake of competition just not even fair but just to make things make more sense do you know uh, what i don't i don't know about that because like i liked i i didn't compare myself because like he's like what 10 i, I wasn't like doing that i was just like that's kind of cool like you know we're at the same kind of skill level at whatever age and it's just kind of really yeah. neat like had nothing to do with like how young he was or how old I am. It was just like, it was all about the camaraderie. Like he yeah. was, he was like cheering for me. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. You know what I, it was really cool. So like, I don't know, like I like the system. I like that, you know, like there's, you know, cheering going on. If someone gets, you know, one of the, the, the yeah. challenges put aside, it's, it's super neat. I, I, 
I don't know, how, like, if anyone else is going to apply it to whatever gym comes out, but it's pretty yeah. smart. What, one well, of the great things about parkour, too, right? Just that, like, people of any age can be doing the same, you know, challenge level, basically, right? Mm. You know what I really like, Tom, is that sometimes I'll build an obstacle and some <clears throat> they'll look at the black tape on the top or the red tape or whatever. That I'll put like I'll put one red problem in a comp or something or in a in, if I'm setting for a, a teachings uh, in a gym or whatever, I'll set one really hard problem. And they'll look at it and go, "Oh, they'll they they get all discouraged when they look at it because it's impossible and they want to walk away." And I'll go, "No, look, look, look again. There's there's also blue tape. And there's this tape. Just because the obstacle is super hard doesn't mean there's another not another way to approach it or right. another problem set on that obstacle. Right. So like, yeah, sometimes it'll be like uh, a a a, um, a wall that you're grabbing and a takeoff. And that if you take off here and you catch that wall, then it's going to be a, a five or whatever. But then I also put like another little uh, angled, uh, what do you guys call those, quad step kind of thing. I'll put a quad step in between and the kid can run and right. step off that and do almost the same problem, but it's half the size. And right. then, you know, we, we'll still be able to give it a, a point value. I'm sure that went without saying. I don't know. But yeah, being able to fit different grades in between, like, yeah. <clears throat> Sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Another way to say that would be, Tom, the Odina is the same place it always was when we started and it is now, yeah. but not the same place. Like, I can bang, like, way harder problems, mm. but it's the same place. Yeah. Hasn't changed. Yeah, the place has uh, really kept on giving. <laughs> it will. It'll keep giving. I've already got some plans for next season for Odina. Yeah, it looks like we got an early... Uh, Start to our parkour season this year, yeah. actually. That's awesome. That's already and nice I, out. Uh, and this time of year in Winnipeg, um, the flood water, the water comes really high, and then it creates all those water challenges, like on the river edge. Yeah. There's like a there's a short window of like a <clears throat> month usually of every year yeah. in spring that you have like different water levels, and you need to watch the challenges because there's some where like, especially the wheelchair ramps behind Odina. Like toward the water. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That area's really, too. Yeah, and behind the ledge, that's really fun. But I just love those little water challenges. They're the greatest. <laughs> that, that little bit of da fake danger, kind of. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> stick it. We could actually uh, do a, a tour or something where we go along every park in Winnipeg that's on the water, lakes and rivers and every, like, because me and uh, Jesse, we went to that golf course last summer. And you saw that clip of us jumping to the to those wooden beams. Yeah. Like there's more challenges there, but uh, they're really intimidating because the beams are rotting. So, oh. uh, um, yeah, like <laughs> odd looking beam, and like yeah, but it, I don't know. There there could still be some lines there, but that's one park. That's one golf course. Right. You know, like yeah. Winnipeg's got hundreds of fucking parks and golf courses and things with water features. If we go to these places, you could find some bangers. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's funny in parkour how we're still like that after all these years where, where people are like, oh, IMAX in London or like Red River Campus in Winnipeg. And it's like, it's just a spot. It's just some walls. It's like, it's just some walls. You know, like you just, you need to, we need to find more of those. We can find, Winnipeg's got its own IMAXs. Oh, yeah. We've, uh, we found that one last year at the Portage and Main on the um, Bank of Montreal side where Ryland wow. did that's an old school spot, yeah. but yeah. yeah. It was pretty yeah. dope to see him. Oh, wow, that was such a good time. Yeah. 
that was that was a great spot i yeah, like yeah. i love, I actually just commented that on when a Tyrion posted a video of uh that spot and i said the spot that keeps giving because yeah it, oh, nice. it, it like it is that like and uh but it, you know what's funny um tom and i learned that in saskatoon when we moved there that it's not really about the spot it's it's kind of more about how you treat the spot you do have or like even just a picnic table can be kind of an amazing thing if you if you uh learn to utilize it so uh yeah yeah, I yeah agree for with sure that. we definitely uh for such a small city they you, you can get a lot uh a lot done in saskatoon oh man river landing or like they never post stuff at innovation place like i never see yeah. them post anything from innovation and like I just want to see crazy Jordan Westad there front flip over the entrance of Boffins Club or something. Like, I just want to see some shit like that. Yeah. It's like, Boffins Club is fucking sweet. It's fucking sweet. Like, yeah. this is coming from someone who's, I've traveled and I've traveled to some cool places. I've been in Lisbon and Kaos and I've been into, I've been in like all these places. Boffins Club is sweet. Yeah. Full of challenges and that need to be milked. um like full of challenges even those two walls tom the wheelchair ramp there like just the fact that i i almost got the cat pass arm jump at boffins club last time i was there but i still haven't done it i don't think anyone's done it but uh like that Mm -hmm. cat arm jump has to happen and that spot is like an imax of saskatoon it's its own it's a famous spot man oh that's that school in saskatoon that we traversed around yeah the nipple duster yeah, yeah. That's, you can go around the whole building. Drives a traverse. Yeah, and then that that wheelchair ramp, Tom, the cat to ar- cat pass arm jump and cat pass pre and that's a big. That's actually a big one. That's probably. I think it's the biggest cat pass pre I've done in my life. Yeah, that's because it's about the height of my chest almost. Like it's really high, a high mm-hmm. wall. You're really high, and then it's like nine feet or something. Yeah. Eight feet. Yeah. Gotta eight be. Feet. I was probably eight. Yeah. And I remember when we first went there, I went, oh, one day I'm going to do the cat pass arm jump. And then, like, I went back there with Ron on vacation and cat freed it. <laughs> but that spot is sweet. Saskatoon's got some gems, man. Yeah, like, even just University of Saskatchewan, like, the different, uh, like, on the edges of the buildings, they have all those weird little pits, like garden pits, where you can jump to the window ledges. Yeah. Like, I like University of Saskatchewan. I, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that, the whole reason we brought this up <laughs> Because there's sometimes there's a place that you would never think like Saskatoon or fuck. I've never trained in Regina. You know how many times I've driven through Regina? Yeah. I guarantee you I'd have more fun training in Regina than I would at like the Forks because I've seen the Forks Fresh a eyes. lot. Yeah. Fresh eyes, exactly. The, the, like, I, I call it the home team disadvantage in parkour where like you're, <laughs> training, in, you're training in your own place and it gets boring. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. going to shies like you said can really help you uh mix it up so um yeah a goal of mine would be to take the boys like out to i want to go to pinawa and show them some stuff there and also just discover new stuff i want to go to kenora like kenora tom because of the nature of the canadian shield and how that land is how it's all up and down that town is crazy it's full of really weird architecture that you just wouldn't find in other places so it's like uh reminiscent of spain or portugal where it's like a, a right. fucking hill, a hill with a wall on it, and the wall has to follow the contour of the hill. Right. Like, finding that in Winnipeg, you know, like, so, Kenora, we need to do. I wouldn't even mind going to Thunder Bay or going like a little farther that way. Um, 
like little trips to like, like I said, Regina or even small towns. Today I was driving through, um, or yesterday I was driving through Shoal Lake. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, man, Shoal Lake, just some small little town. I'm like, I spotted like 10 problems that I could go bang. It's like, right. Yeah, architecture's architecture <laughs> everywhere. I do the same thing coming home on my drive. Uh, I see all these like little towns off to the side. I'm like, oh, Garson. Oh, okay. So I drive Garson. in there. I'm like, this is like a pit. So there's like, like <laughs> literally like all sorts of like nice raw material. And then like in the town I live in, there's like a, a glass factory ruins that have like really good, you know, cement and stuff so it's like what like this is like all around me do i have the time yeah do i <laughs> one day i'll have more time Mark them down. <laughs> what happens if we forget about those places or we we have them there's been spots where i've had it on my back mm. burner for so long that you almost think you went there and you're like oh is that i don't think that place is very good like or whatever you know like <laughs> yeah you, like you think you saw it or maybe you did but you 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 just didn't give it a fair chance. You saw it once, you know. Um, like I yeah. said, we give the Odina a new chance like three times a week for the last 20 years or whatever. It's like, okay, the Odina's still got new stuff, which should which should really prove our point. Yeah. But um, it's like, can you imagine if you just gave that same opportunity, that same chance to other spots that you would normally no walk doubt. past? Like, no doubt. Oh, some gems that we're missing, man. Beautiful gems. That's true. So I would agree with that. Uh, that sounds like a jam for me. Just going all <laughs> to the ghost, the ghost spots, the ghost jam. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's actually um, you no. Know last season I wasn't going to as many jams, so I was actually kind of just like training everywhere I went. So like, there was a lot of that stuff happening. Like when me and you went to Collins, for example, in uh, Bozier. Oh, that was so cool. Right. Yeah, that was really cool. So we just went to like a little vegan restaurant and then I'm like, yeah. oh, look, little roof thing. Oh, look, a tree and like come up yeah. with one or two things. And it's like, that's fine. That's a, you know, it's fun. There's a good experience. There's a, something to learn, something to try. And it's like, yeah. that's everywhere. Everywhere. You know, and that's just that one spot yeah. in Beauxsure. Like you walk down that whole um, park app and there's so many gaps. There's so many rooftops. There's so many things like even I can do, even, you know what I mean? Like. It's great. Like, do I want to do that? I need a team to do that. Like, do I need to wear the headlamp and all that thing at night? You know, <laughs> headlamp. My first headlamp for urban exploring, and now I use a headlamp like all the time with like hunting and my outdoor stuff and my parkour stuff. I wear a headlamp like every day, pretty much. I don't have it in my car right now, but I I normally would. Mm. Um, but my first headlamp was for urban exploring. Awesome. Uh, with, with Zeddy and Twizzy, like early Winnipeg parkour <laughs> guys, I mean, I get a headlamp with a red mode so you could like go through buildings and not get caught. But um, yeah, we should totally have a headlamp parkour jam. Like bring back the old jams. <laughs> like we all wear black and go out with headlamps and just like. Ninja jam. I think yeah. stealth stealth jams are a must. Yeah. Stealth Those are some so of the best best jams. I know, man. Because yeah, it's something liberating about the fact that like all the muggles are asleep. <laughs> they're all in bed it's wizard time nice <laughs> that's why we're gonna do some magic yeah so yeah like i i really like that yeah more stealth jams for sure um so i have a question this yeah. actually i think it comes from i think Tyrion. Hmm. um all right how, how do you think uh parkour will 
fit in your life as you get older? Like, do you think it'll always be a part of it or? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so I, like I'm, I'm addicted. I don't know if like, uh, I don't, I don't want to have a life without parkour. I would not want to have that. That'd be awful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, do you even... see yourself coaching more than like say, oh, yeah. 20, 20, 30 years down the road? Oh yeah. Like I think, um, well, I think our whole world's going through a lot of big changes right now and like how we perceive careers and how we perceive jobs and how we think of work and how we think of everything. Yeah. And, uh, people obviously are now more open to the concept of having more careers in their lifetime. And, um, yeah. I think, I think for me, I need to be open to a lot of different things. I have a lot of different skill sets. I'm not a specialist. If I was a mechanic and didn't know how to do fuck all else right now, maybe I would be scrambling to pursue mechanic work. Um, right. but I have a lot of skills. And I do a lot of different things. Um, so I think, I think one of my jobs will always be a parkour consultant, specialist, something or other, route setter, judge. If they're having a big competition. They need people who know the sport the way I do. Um, so I, I think, I, I think I'm going <laughs> to have color that commentary. It's not really going anywhere is that I, that I like, like, um, there's no accreditation in the things I do. I was actually just laughing about that, that there's, it's, mm. it's, well, I guess there isn't rock climbing a bit, but even then it's so funny how like. I just, I, I don't, I'm not accredited for many things, but I, like, I, I think that I'm a very skilled person, a lot of abilities. Kind of, kind of the problem with this being so new, right? Like there's no, I credit, like there's no way of, you know, well, that's what I was getting, say, Tom, getting that, right? Like, I think me and you, our history is our accreditation. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. We were there. You yeah. can't, undo <laughs> yeah. you can't undo it. So, yeah. uh, yeah, like anyone who knows the sport um, and knows what we're what we're doing, uh, the the accreditation comes from uh, reputation and comes from our experience. So, speaks for itself. Do you think more formal, uh, you know, like type of you know, you get your piece of paper or whatever saying you can do this? Like, do you think that type of stuff should be developed more in the future, or should it stay? Of more, course, I'm more I'm free when it comes to that stuff because I feel like. I personally feel as if bureaucracy and yeah. all that just always takes away from the purity of something and, and makes it worse. I always right. think that it, it always takes away and never contributes anything. Because the funny thing, I always laugh at all those things. It's like, oh, yeah, you're going to come and contribute to our world because we're parkour. We're really missing the bureaucracy. Oh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for bringing that to us. We really needed it. Like, yeah. the thing is, we're not missing anything. We're not missing yeah. anything. So who's going to come and tell us, like, so anyways, uh, I don't think that accreditations and things like that uh, are necessary or good at all in any way, actually, in parkour, yeah. but uh, that I'd, I'd be, it'd be a pipe dream to say that we're not going to have them. Okay. It's just something yeah. going to happen. I, so far, like, there are, are some things, but for the most part, right, like, if someone says they're uh, a coach, but then you just they're not through. being a good coach, yeah. they're going to fail, right? Like, it's not going to last long. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, every industry is like that, right? Is like who's doing a good job of of being as uh, um, who's following the red tape as much as possible, or whatever, or like following the rules or whatever, and then who's actually on the leading edge of the market? Yeah, you know. So like, Origins is on the leading edge of the market. Yeah. No fucking question. Yeah. Don't argue with it. No one should argue with it. Origins is on the leading edge, and. Uh, and uh i don't know some some guy who i've never heard his name 
who's a level whatever so and so certified parkour coach in in cam loops like i don't like who are you motherfucker i don't know like so <laughs> you know what I mean? like yeah there yeah. is the he's he's accredited and then like oh res right. doesn't have his accreditation or whatever or maybe he does right. i don't know but he's still res so he doesn't have to say yeah. anything he's got napc behind his name and all everything he's done so um i think athletes that have come come through there right it'd be like someone questioning ryan ford yeah Yeah. your actual credibility is more important than your paper credibility or whatever yeah and at the end of the day yeah you're right tom no it doesn't matter how many papers you show up with if you the um the proof is in the pudding Mm -hmm. or whatever if some guy comes and like tries to shut down my gym and he's gonna show winnipeg the new way to teach parkour but then he can't do anything that's not gonna look very good like, my kung fu is better than your kung fu yeah this <laughs> guy like about those warrior kind of guys is the best kung fu guys would have kicked the shit out of the other one right, shut down exactly. the other schools with your superior kung fu it's like they're it's like perfect evolution perfect evolution it's like no we're not we're not shutting down other parkour people or something but we're, yeah. we're like we can prove prove ourselves through our own ability and through what we're what we're doing what our students mm-hmm. are doing we're yeah you know what i think this is a good time for this question um mark who do you mentor who have you mentored because i know Uva. a lot of yeah i know a lot of people like you've mentored a lot of people and um, you know you do get credit for that in case you don't know yeah. what i mean who was your inspirations when you were coming up? Um, so um, my the people who taught me and like who I looked up to the most hmm. early on would have been Twizzy and oh. Zach. Uh, pretty big time, like Jean-Guy, Jean-Luc. Um, yeah. Those guys were like... All the, the shadows today. And then, yeah, and then out, right? when, when those guys, I know, man, you can't really have a podcast with me without there being a lot of yeah. shout outs. <laughs> good for you though. That's name dropping. Good. Yeah. I love it. But, um, so, but, uh, then I remember, uh, well, okay. And then Kyle McCorister. So sorry. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Who's the man? He started parkour the same day as me. Like, well, when oh. I say started parkour, are we, are, we both had our first Winnipeg parkour jam. And we, he had been training for about a year and I'd been training for about a year. So like, we were both pretty good and Kyle could do wall flips. I remember Kyle could do wall flips. It was the first wall flip I'd seen. And, uh, he did it in the Odina. But anyways, that was our first jam. We met each other and he, he was a big inspiration to me. Cool. But then I remember like a few months into that, jean and Kyle and Tavis and all those, they're all talking about, um, Hawk. Oh yeah. They're all all talking about this dude, uh, Yuri Klassen, right? They're all talking about this dude in Winnipeg who's got hops like no one else. He basically makes David Bell look like a little girl. No, no, no one said that. (laughs) (laughs) I said it without saying it. Um, and then I remember, okay, I always tell this story because it's my favorite. I'm at I'm at the forks and I'm on the, the top of the parkade. And this dude's up on the roof of MTYP. And if you guys know the spot, that's quite a lot higher than the roof of the parkade by like, it's about oh. 15 feet up. I would say it's a fucking At meaty spot. Yeah. yeah. And the dude runs and jumps off the roof of the MTYP and he's flying through there and he's got the air position and shit like, like Yamakaze style where he's like <laughs> cool. his arms behind him and like, like real, like old school parkour. And he does this perfect hits the ground and rolls. And when he stands up his hands out, 
And he's like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Hawk. Oh. <laughs> I was like, how did you not get like intimidated? Like a movie. <laughs> I was intimidating. I was I, I've already heard shit about this guy. And then I fucking meet him in like this Spider-Man fashion. <laughs> oh, man. That, man. And, and yeah, and... uh and then, yeah, I got to train with that guy, and he took me all over Winnipeg and showed me spots he'd been messing around in, and uh, and uh, yeah, started training with him, and that was really awesome. I'm trying to think of other like names of other people that him and I uh, and Kyle trained with back then, but it was just yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different guys out, I mean, out there back yeah, then. Yeah, there's like uh, Ark. Oh Mark, yeah, Brian, Brian right. and Tyler, yeah, yeah. Those were all the kind of the OGs of. A lot of people like the back. real, like the people who started Winnipeg Parkour. That's right. I like all the yeah. uh, the code names. Yeah, yeah, it's all the forum names, right? Yeah, back I in, love back it. in forums. Back then, you would sign up and you had a PK name. So you'll hear me say Jean Guy or Tavis or whatever because yeah. I learned their actual names years down the road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For but, real, that's what you call it. Like just be like, ah, oh, Zeddy. Tom yeah. was Achilles, and I was Selbs. I never went by that name in in real life, though. No, Tom was never. <laughs> he's like, hmm, what should I sign up as? Cool Greek mythology. Hmm. Yeah. I think Greek. Achilles Greek. Well, luckily, that name was not foreshadowing any any injuries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood. Achilles. Um. Yeah. Injuries suck. No, those were uh, those were some good. Uh, wow. To see a uh, hawk do that and just like stick out his hand to shake it, like it's just I, that's how I saw. So what you saw there, what was happening to you there, is like when I saw you in the gym when you came back. Oh. <laughs> so that's how wide-eyed my eyes were. So I get. I think I got to do that for a lot of people because you know what? For me, I, I I can't even tell you how important that was for me for these superheroes to exist mm -hmm. in my world, like for them to be real. That was really important for me. Like. Um, and I, I, I don't know, to, to have been that for a lot of other kids and students, like, it's funny, yeah. uh, I think it was when you guys were talking to Tyrion about, like, my personality with teaching and stuff, it, it's kind of funny, like, I do really like working with, like, the younger kids, like, when they're, like, that age, where they're, <laughs> like, they're not damaged yet, they're right. not, trying to, they're, the world hasn't taught, told them that they have to start finding their career and all this shit oh, yet, yeah. so, they're they're still into superheroes and comic books and whatever so like the world's whatever you know the world's whatever they want it to be and they can make it up and they can create this and and yeah that's really that's fucking exciting isn't it they're all they're all just waiting for that letter to hogwarts right pretty much yeah, yeah that moment of you're a wizard you're in oh is that what we have to do <laughs> letter. Put, like, letter to all the kids yeah. in winnipeg you imagine it like if, if you walk through like envelopes and then if there's like you're at the forks and like some parents are there with their yeah. kids and they're mucking around we all talk amongst each other and we're like bring them the envelope bring yeah. them the envelope train an That's animal awesome. to bring them the envelope like an owl yeah <laughs> um, so it's more appropriate something like that like maybe kind of like phoenix <laughs> <laughs> oh. now we're talking we really get really literal with the muggles <laughs> I'm like a really crazy fake accent. Yeah, right. <laughs> we all got auto tune. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> Did you ever wonder where your dad learned it all? 
Learned what? Cat passes and Kong vaults. And monkey. Um, what are your, what are some of your projects coming up, Mark? Um, Besides Jungle Jam, because you already touched base on that. Yeah, got Jungle Jam coming up. Um, like I said, I'm I'm into a lot besides just parkour. Um, yeah. I I do rock climbing and snowboarding, and I really like. I'm very excited about skateboarding this season. Really? Uh, I know that sounds <clears throat> awful, but like yeah. I actually might, I might put out a part. Like I might go really heavy. What? Um, yeah. Because I, cool. I don't know, I like skateboarding. I like a lot of stuff. I might fight someone. Like, I might train and fight someone. But that'll all happen within, like, 10 years, probably. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a lot of goals going on. Uh, we want to have <laughs> martial arts and rock climbing um, and all kinds of things. Like, hey, so, ugh, long-term goals, short-term goals. That's, like, two different conversations. Just yeah, yeah. General, no, you, you kind of covered some bases there. Like, you didn't get really into it because of, that's how it is but it's kind of nice to know that you still have like things put off to the side little projects oh fuck yeah there's a lot of stuff on the back burner like like Good. entire instruments genres of music that i want to get into there's all kinds of stuff on the back burner Love it. But, um yeah like i think for for spring my main focus is i want to okay well jungle jam is really important that's our top priority there um we're doing some um like landscaping kind of stuff on Selby's the Selby land because we're uh, we're putting in some infrastructure for next winter for the snowboard park and ski park, so that way there's like rails and things like that and like we're we're doing um, banks and like uh, you've probably seen like videos of trails in the mountains where they have like um, wooden features that they build like banks where you go around a corner and it's like angled pieces of wood and whatever we're we're right. building all kinds of stuff like that. So that way when the snow hits you can just kind of go rip and then also um, it seconds as a mountain bike course. So in the summer, we can do stuff right, right. and all that. Um, another thing I really want to do is I want to get rubber mat rolls and like roll them over my trails so you can actually skateboard through the trails, like on a regular skateboard. <laughs> like, cool. um, yeah, so like, I don't know. We've got a lot of weird plans. My dad wants to do a shooting range. Uh, so that's nice. something we're going to do. People have like some archery too or something. Yeah, like I'm a big archery guy. So like... Um, I have an archery set up there right now where we have a hill and then I've got my meter markers. So you can like, uh, like Nino and me like to do archery there. And, uh, I do a bit of hunting with my bow. So I'll like get all sighted in and shit. So yeah, it's nice having, uh, having all that. I know Steve, like our uncle Steve and, uh, our dad really wants to have that shooting range. They'll have like pistols and restricted weapons. So they can do all that. That'll be cool. But yeah, like action sports park. I want to have a, a mega ramp there eventually. I want to have like best <laughs> mega. Ramp. Oh yeah, I want to have all that stuff. I want to have huge climbing walls over the pond. Like we're gonna build a pond and have a massive like deep water solo climb, so you can just like climb like a hundred feet and fall into the water. <laughs> uh, we're talking about zip lines on the land. We're talking about doing a high line. Um, just like like kind of everything you can think of so like for for long-term goals like it's like action sports um a huge guy like a, fa a guy i'm a huge fan of is donald cerrone like uh ufc fighter and all of his ufc winnings he's like he's had more ufc fights than anyone in history lots of people don't know that cowboy everyone knows him as cowboy, oh, cowboy. The guy cowboy. yeah yeah uh so he puts all of his money into his own little ranch where he has mountain biking and rock climbing and all this fun shit and he brings That's guys sick. out to fight camps where he's like, hey, you're in fight camp. I'm teaching you. We're going to do jujitsu. We're going to do all our whatever. But then he also like takes them out to do hunting and cool shit. 
And like, I guess like my long-term goal would be to set something like that up for myself. My own, like my yeah. own, like on a land, you know, where people show up and it's like, there's race tracks and like, here, hop in the car. Let's go. Have you ever gone a hundred kilometers an hour sideways? Come try. Like, you know, like <laughs> I, I want to like all the cool shit and, and, uh, and have a cool place for myself to stay active and keep having fun. Yeah. So that's my, that's my long-term goals. Um, yeah. Sweet. Um, we are pretty much even with the other interruptions around the two hour mark. Oh my goodness. Um, so are you guys good? We're going to wrap this up with like a couple top fives and then, uh, Talk more. Hey, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So we'll go with the top five here for your top favorite, uh, training spots. That could be, I guess, parkour or climbing. Like Don, favorite I've, favorite places to train. I've been waiting for this all day. This question. But, okay, so micro, macro. What are we talking here? Because like Odina is uh, like in the forks. Shit. Or like uh, Jones Road is a place within northwestern Ontario. Uh, so okay, this is how we'll, we'll go mac. We'll go um, we'll go big first. Okay. Macro. Too small. Yeah. yeah. Favorite place in the world for leisure. Lisbon, Portugal. Um, like if I were to go do rock climbing, buildering, parkour, all that stuff, and be kind of half buzzed the whole time, it'd be Lisbon, <laughs> Portugal. <laughs> Love it. I'm just being honest. Favorite place yeah. for like parkour, parkour, like real parkour. Everyone would probably be like, Mark, as if you're not picking Madrid, because Madrid's amazing, and I'll give you that. If you want to walk to a spot and then walk around the corner and hit a better spot and then walk around the corner and hit a better spot, go to Madrid. Really? But, but Cambridge, man, Cambridge hits different. Cambridge is right. my shit. Always will be my shit. Like, and so that's macro and micro. I would say is bus tree within Cambridge. Like bus tree is my place. I think like it's a tree. No one made it. Nature oh. grew the way nature yeah, wanted. Yeah. To crazy and it's tree. Challenges and it's like the craziest tree ever. It's a Xerxes so, tree. It's so probably like, Nino in it. It's really old. Yeah, I, I love that tree. Um. So, yeah, I, I'd say, like, Cambridge in general for parkour, but, yeah. So, that's, wait, that was the first three. question? Yeah. Yeah. Was it five what, or three? What, whatever. Oh. You can come up with five. Okay. And then, oh, so, so, that's, that, so, Just, wait, what did I start with here? Uh, uh, is it Lisbon? Yeah. Cambridge. I said Lisbon for leisure, Cambridge for parkour. Yeah. Um, and I haven't rock climbed all over the world. So Sam, if Sam Armstrong's listening to this, another shout out. She, uh, if Sam's listening to this, he would have a way better idea of where the better climbing places in the world are. So like, I've, I really yeah. want to go check out, um, what do they call it again? Um, Tonsai in Thailand. I know you've been there, right, Christy? Didn't you go yeah, to Tonsai? One, yeah, one time. one time. I I would like to go climb in Tonsai. I'm just uh, fucking with you. I've never been. No. <laughs> Say it again. Uh, I missed it. I, I've I've never been. I was just fucking with you. Oh no, no I never been. No, I've oh. never been anywhere extreme rock climbing. Just Tonsai for some reason. But anyways, um, wish it was me. So uh, yeah, like I'd like to go to Tonsai, but for rock climbing, like I'm biased, like extremely biased. But I'm from the Canadian Shield, northwestern Ontario. That's where I develop. I've put like like over 150, 200 first ascents up, like on boulders and uh, sport and trad. 
and uh, I fucking love it. I'm super yeah. biased. I love the place. It's the, Good. Okay. Um, El Capitan in Yosemite Valley yeah. is 25 million years old. Um, and Half Dome is also in Yosemite Valley. That rock is 50 million years old. Um, and like any rock climb I've put up is like 4.6 billion years old. That's awesome. <laughs> so my rock is the oldest rock on planet Earth. Um, like it's ancient mountains that have been uh, ripped apart by glaciers and yeah. uh, like the most insane uh, geology ever going on. Some really weird shit. Like I could show you some weird shit. Oh, you don't have to. You don't have to show me. I know about all that spooky right? places. Like and the like, Canadian Shield is just a freak show. Uh, <laughs> just, so, um, yeah, like people. I always laugh because I watch these American climbing documentaries, and they'll be like, "Yeah, you know, we've pretty much climbed everything that's climbable in this area." And, uh, and like the only time you don't hear them say that is when they're talking about like Utah or something. Because they'll be like, yeah, it's so expansive. There's no, like, it would take you a billion lifetimes. You could never climb it all. So, like, that's when they're kind of honest with themselves. Yeah. Um, the Like, the sheer um, magnitude of the rock climbing out there and what could be done. Um, if those guys started picking away at Northwest Ontario, they would quickly realize it's the biggest, most impossible task ever. Yeah. It's that's so much it's land. Ridiculous. It goes forever. They're all that perfect like level of, of climbing that like most climbers really like what we do because it's we have we have splitters the way you would have in sandstone in Utah. So like our cliffs split open really gotcha. nicely with really nice hand cracks, which you'll yeah. find in like Yosemite and stuff too. And then they're Joshua tree with on actual granite. But ours are very weird. We have like weird granite places. Like we have a spot called Crack City where it's all just these different sizes of cracks that opened up and you get to just practice on them. Really? And uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> but our, it's the height of our climbs too. They're all like approximately single pitch, so like that's like a rope length. But we but we have like high ball spots. Um, I know this is a parkour podcast. You guys don't really know the terminology, but we have mm -hmm. we have everything you could ever want in the world of climbing in one little area. And if your thing is the way I am, uh, first ascents, you like to uh, venture the paths that are un you know lead lead your own trail. Um, come up with your own stuff be original um that's where you want to do it because you can walk around the corner and look at a rock and it's uh human eyes haven't seen it in a thousand years oh. and it's like like good right. luck finding that in your crisis you know like oh. uh, I, I, I hike into the bush sometimes where me and my buddy are hiking for such a long time that we're like people aren't here ever like right. there's no way people have been here like Never. there's no reason people have been here and then you'll like hike up a rock and you'll like grab a piece of rock and pull it and 2,000 pounds of rock will slide down the cliff. And you go, yeah, no one's been here. Yeah. And like, followed followed like, by aluminum can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a beer like, bottle. just like Beer cans and glass and stuff you'll find in like weird places. A beer so cap, stupid. like a bottle cap. So but no, once you get to places where you're not finding that stuff, that's yeah, when I you know. know I'm, I'm kidding around. Yeah. I totally know. No, you right. can. See, it was a joke, but you're actually right. You do find shit like that. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty I've bad. Had some experience, not on the shield though, but I've had some experience. Like, so, um, how how about like you have somewhat uh, decent internet at times, right? So I don't know if you watch a lot of Instagram or not, but do you have like favorite athletes right now that you like to watch? Um. I, uh. I'm I'm always like biased, right? I'm a very biased person because uh, 
I like watching my stuff. Like I, I like so I like watching pickles a lot. Yes. Thanks for bringing him out here. Like, what a good experience. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, and he's coming back too. Good. I tell him to. I tell him all the time to come back. Fuck yeah. Like I, uh, I, I think Ben's my favorite parkour athlete in the world. I'd say mm. Pickles is my favorite free runner in the oh, world. He's so good. He's so tall. And like, and I do <laughs> in two categories. Um, I think, I think it'd be a real bad day if you had to escape from Ben, or if like you had to like if Ben's trapped in a prison and has to get out over a big wall, or like, like people don't realize Ben can build like builder like climb buildering problems with crimps. Heart like it should I do? Yeah, I see it. Ben is a freak. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. Ben's no, like legit, <laughs> freaky, freaky, and he's only gonna get better. He's like half as good as he's going to be. Uh-huh. You guys, idea. but uh, but uh, yeah, Pickles is my favorite free runner. Um, obviously, there's this freaky guys that everyone likes to watch. I like to watch like uh, George McGowan. Yeah. Uh, trains with pickles and I, yeah. I think Pickles taught george actually i'm pretty sure I, I think so i think pickles was like a younger guy in the community kind of thing yeah, yeah. george was pretty young so yeah um and then yeah i really like uh like Verki and just like like just yeah. these mad super strong people it's so ridiculous to watch obviously um you know how earlier i was talking about how there's people who are like eight out of ten nine out of ten and that's how they get their style and then ben's ten out of ten People like Verki are like eleven out of ten, but right. with like one thing, you know right. what I mean? So like, yeah. I, I of course I like watching Dom. I think Dom is the, oh, yeah. the hucking, the world of hucking. But you know what? But not even hucking. No, Tom, hucking, but he's good at it, and and it's still hucking. <laughs> I it's guess. Hucking. But Tom, everyone has to huck. He's just yeah. better at. It. You know that whole like that whole. Um, imagining something before you do it and then throw like actually then committing to it yeah. he's just better yeah. than we are he just can do it 50 times yeah. while we're i mean we're once or twice he'll do it 50 times uh he's I'd really like, good at that. yeah i'd like it, to get some of his hucking all over me we all need to huck <laughs> hucking all over us that'd be so much better uh. and the thing is it's a decision and he would tell you the same thing that it's a decision at the end of the day and yes. uh, it's a it's a skill and it's a decision. But once right. he he makes that decision and he and he commits to something, oh man, I love Dom. So Dom, I think Dom's a mental superpower. Um, who do I like? I really like. Um, I'm gonna give a, like a lesser known shout out here. Um, uh, I'm gonna say Bobby Gordon. Is that his name? Tom, old school London. Oh, yeah. Older yeah. Yeah. Wow, that that, that that is a th- that's a throwback. Yeah, he trains a lot with Alex Potts and like those guys. They've been posting a lot of like ascent shit in London. I uh, put trains with Kai Willis and stuff. But anyways, I like huh. Bobby Gordon. So I think he's a super sick athlete and like he reminds me of myself where he's not like at that stage in his parkour career where like you're probably gonna see him post a video of him backflipping on a snowboard. Like he's he's not out of parkour, but he's like right. kind of like seeing what a parkour guy can do afterward. That's right. that's what I like watching Bobby. Because uh, yeah. uh, you could bring him to a parkour jam with the young lads, and he'd be putting a lot of them to shame. Um, he's oh, yeah. he's really he's really good. Um, Alex Potts. Yeah. 
lots of guys. I like Alex Potts because he's also he took that whole like buildering and and rock climbing world on at the same time I did, and mm-hmm. again that parkour perspective. So yeah. I got to see, like, all the posts he makes are really cool because they're 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 parkour and they're like, yeah. legit parkour. Sweet. All right, last one here. We'll go into the top five uh, videos that have impacted you. <laughs> I'm just gonna rattle them off quick, just yeah, so you guys just bang them out. Okay, Professor Long here, Big Chief. Yeah. Like, will always be number one for me. It's just, it's a certain... classic. Yeah. The most classic, probably. I would say. Um, barefoot foolish blaps. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, I think the young guys need to watch that and stuff. Um, let's see. Um, you are your own war. Uh, is that a, uh, a GUP? GUP one, yeah. Galaxy and Urban Project. Um, yeah. You are your own war. Um, I think that's like probably the greatest. That was a part good one. That was a very good one. The soundtrack and just the feel of it, yeah. the vibe is like it's so Batman. It's so fucking epic. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, Can't wait to oh man, there's so many good ones. Yeah. Um, I kind of I'm gonna steal this one from uh, Scott. Um, this is Scott Bass's favorite parkour video of all time. Uh, you guys know Bait? Oh yeah. Um, oh. he had a video years ago where he's in a blindfold throughout the whole video, or huh. like they to artistically make it like that and he's in a factory and he's doing all these crazy things and then it's like a kind of a comic relief because right at the end he takes the blindfold off and then he trips and falls <laughs> but there's like a scene in it um it's so search on youtube b-a-i-t-y-k bait okay. y-k and then the video is called wide w-i-d-e wide oh. and uh, anyways that's for sure so that's number four for me i guess yeah um and then let's see, number five. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop up into the modern day now because I okay. give you guys cool stuff to watch. Yeah. But I anything store water challenges. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because store is doing posting these really like realistic cool. jam vibey videos where it's like yeah. that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like when you're with the boys like yeah. trying to figure some shit out. Yeah um and yeah so i really like that what the water challenges yeah sweet then we'll go i mean unless christy do you have anything else any other questions on yeah this might be yours but uh i'm gonna steal it away from you okay if it it is or not (laughs) um what type of uh sage advice would do you have for the muggles yeah that's what i was gonna get into <laughs> I want to say it this time. You sounded so good last time saying. Piece <laughs> of advice. Okay, cool. Advice number one: record everything. Good one. Record, 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 and film lots because one day, especially when you don't ever say to yourself, "Oh, this trick's pretty good, but I'm not going to record it because I'll get it on video once I've got it better." It might not happen. Get it on video. That's true. I did that for about 10 years and don't have any video. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, you know, sad. It makes me that there's no videos of me doing a flare, like a gymnastics flare. And I could do yeah. like, I could only do like two or three, but I could do a flare. And now I'm like, I can't do a flare. Oh. Yeah. I could maybe get it back if I worked for a really long time on it. But that's the point is film right. what you've been working on. Yeah. Yeah. That's point one. 
Uh, number two, this one's more for the muggles. I think that, that one's more for the wizards. This one's more for the muggles. If you're, if you think that we're special or you think that parkour athletes are some, have some advantage you don't have, that's wrong. It's a myth. Get it out of your head right now. Um, if you want to start getting to the point where you can process fear and deal with things the way we do, you have to start putting yourself in that and treating that as a skill. Fear, fear, dealing with fear is a skill. It's a skill and, and it's in all kinds of different sports in different ways, but in parkour, it's just more obvious because you're probably going to fuck yourself up if you, if you make a mistake. So that's where parkour athletes, you know, it, uh, the, it, you get this level of mystery, like how could he possibly have gotten that? But it's like slow implementation of fear. Yeah. Add fear. Every time you do something, every time you go out to train, what are you training really? Are you training your plyometrics? Like, no, like, I mean, sure. But that's a long-term thing. Like just from jumping, your plows are going to improve. Go out and train your brain, man. Is yeah. You don't have a lot of time on this earth and you don't have a lot of time to teach yourself how to process fears. So start working on that. And it's yeah. the most obvious one because if you took someone like Daniel Baca and you put his brain in anyone's body, that person's going to be an impressive motherfucker because it's oh, yeah. his brain special. Yeah. It's the and mentality. everyone has that ability to make your brain special. And, and uh, so, yeah, just uh, every time you train, go outside of your comfort zone. That's my sage advice is go outside of your comfort zone and film, film everything. And that's a combine those two ideas. Film yourself going outside of your comfort zone. Anyways. <laughs> you know, when you said the comfort zone part, I got goosebumps all over my body because that's exactly what it is. Fuck yeah. Oh, you nailed it. Yeah. Well, Power. we're inherently creatures that search for comfort, right? So Yeah. So break that. <laughs> make make fear and then being scared your comfort. So when it does come, you're like, ah, this whole thing. I do right? this every day. <laughs> I, I do like to every now and then, like sometimes I'll be about to walk away from a problem because I'm like, no, nah, I'll just deal with it. I'll do it another time. It's kind of scaring me and I don't, I think I might injure myself. And then I'll like walk back before I have any time to process it and be like, no, 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 never mind. I trick myself. And I'll like go and I'll do it. Like I'll like quickly do it before I, <laughs> it's yeah. so stupid. No, but that's you, where it is. Things to yourself because you're like, no, I'm not like, and then I'll immediately after you go, oh, yeah, glad I didn't walk away from that one. That would have really built up on me, you know, like, you know, um, every time you overcome a fear, it's really going to add up on you. Like for Ben, that shit's spiraling out of control now. <laughs> yeah. like, you can get lost in that. You can eventually like you can become like, oh, my God, it takes so much to like, you know, really activate that. And, you know, right. so. When they talk about Ben and Jesse, they talk about going out to a jam and really like pushing themselves. And Tyrion's like, "Good God, I can't keep up with these loonies." It's because they're addicted to that feeling. They are. Right. It is a very addicting feeling, especially when something seemed impossible, and then you made it your little bitch. But it's like easy, <laughs> easy. Me and Tyrion will both together. probably tell you about that clip of us doing the level five problem before Jungle Jam. Yeah. Pretty easy. Once I did it, it was easy. Isn't that a weird thing to think of, eh, Tom? Is yeah, I, I, mean, I can go right now. I could go one bang it right now. <laughs> it's because because it's easy in my head now and allows me to you know so stupid. Parkour is so stupid. <laughs> well, that's a good note to to end this on. Parkour is so stupid. Just do it. But uh, yeah, uh, everyone, thanks for uh, listening. We will wrap wrap it up. Uh, we'll definitely have to have uh, you on again, Mark. I like. There's so much more to cover honestly it was just surface yeah like 
to come back and contradict myself on everything and just be like, yeah. no, don't do things where you're going to hurt yourself. And just <laughs> never get injured. Just maintain that uh, strength training rehab program. Yeah, right. I wasn't going to come and uh, all that stuff. There's enough people advocating for health. I've got to advocate for insanity. Someone's got to do it. All right, guys. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening or watching. And, uh, you know, share this. That'll help uh, spread this around. Um, like it. Subscribe to our channel if you haven't. Go follow Mark. Uh, what's your Instagram? It's uh, a dirtbag tracer. A dirtbag climber who lives in his van and then dedicates all of his effort and time into the pursuit of climbing. And a traceur is someone who dedicates all their time into training parkour. So uh, dirtbag traceur just basically means that my whole existence is dedicated into being a traceur. Um, yeah, dirtbag traceur. Probably going to change that within like a week or two. And uh, Selby, <laughs> Selby parkour. New me. Yeah, Selby parkour, Buildering Winnipeg. Um, we got all kinds of stuff going on. But yeah, Buildering Winnipeg is where you're going to find us climbing buildings and bridges and climbing structures and architecture in Winnipeg. Um, Dirtbag Tracer is my main account, so that's where you're going to see whatever it is I'm up to. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank you so much for being a part of this and really being a part of, like, uh, why I'm here, too. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. and to and to your whole family, obviously too, because like uh, I would be watching Mark, but on my peripheral vision, I'd be watching Tom. I'm like, who's that guy? That guy's that guy's brother. Like and then, it's, and it's just nuts. Goes, who's this animal? Well, yeah, and then uh, like now I'm like sharing my life with you both of you. It's really it's really fun for me to be a part of it. That's so fine. thank you both. And yes, we will have you back again. Awesome. Fuck yeah. Right. Thanks, yeah. I really appreciate your time and you know finding the space to do this with us. Fuck yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Mark. Love you lots. Take care. Bye, everyone.